Welcome everyone to Davos Fingers episode 122, The She-Wolf and the Leech Lord. I am Scatty and with me as always is my buddy Matt. And joining us today everybody is a wonder and a treasure of our little corner of the fandom. She knows her stuff, she shares it well. Uh, we love having her share it with us here tonight. It's Steph Lioness. Say hello Steph, how are you? I'm fine. I'm um, I'm fine. Yeah, a bit tired because it's four thirty. Well, actually, it's ten to five here now in the morning. But yeah, I'm good. So if I start babbling, I mean that could be any time of the day. Nothing to do. In the morning, five o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure, whatever. Any of that. No, thank you for making the sacrifice to accommodate our crazy recording time across the pond. No, not at all. It's my pleasure to be here. I'm very. I'm really excited. So. Yeah, we're we're super glad to have you. So yeah. good to have you with us. Um, so as we jump right into this, we do have some things just real quick to talk about, everybody. Mm-hmm. Right, Sketty? Yeah. Um, let's see. Ice and Fire Con. No, A Song of Madness. First a Song of, of Madness. How could you forget that? Yeah. Yeah. It's started. It, It's happening. Let's see. By the time this episode comes out, we'll be a couple weeks into it. But this is only day two, right, Steph? You guys are evil. I'm sorry to say it, but <laughs> the mystery nights, who came up with that one? It was, I mean, I, I think I said it, but it was in the middle of like conversing about a few other ideas and mm. then it kind of just transitioned to like, that. what if we did, blah. Yeah. yeah. So this yeah, is we your, about some other things. Like, it was pretty organic. I'm the guy, organic. You're we just the guy who exactly came up with the we Death doing. Star, just like, oh, I just had this idea for this like planet destroyer. <laughs> um, yeah, that one, I've had a... Because there's been two, two days, and we've had two mystery nights in two days. Two mystery nights. And yep. it's nearly yeah. killed me. Like, it's been awful. Has it? Yeah, because you're going, oh, who really? the hell am I voting for? What if it's like a terrible, what if it's Pycelle? Yes. Or um, who's that disgusting, he's not in it, the, hopefully, the disgusting slave owner in in marine the big massive guy oh, with the oh yeah the, the yellow the yellow whale yeah the yellow whale yeah. what if it's him that i've just voted for or against you be. know we could still change it no one would <laughs> exactly. know if we did we've got no idea what's his name it's annoying me yezin's coming in yezin yezin coves I just go with the yellow whale yeah because that's the one i can remember yeah because he pees himself he and he's does yellow. Uh, yeah it's gross He's one it's of those really guys gross. that makes me go in my mouth uh-huh. when I read his anything about him. Oh, George writes him so well that way. But yeah, um, let's see. We had a big, we had a, a great start yesterday with a mystery night going the distance with Mance Raider. Mm. He edged him by less than one percent. Yeah, and we all voted for a yellow yeah. whale who pees himself. Well done, guys. <laughs> we'll find there you out. go. Yellow whale beat Mance Raider. Mm-hmm. Who'd have thought? Yeah. Well. Moving on from from a song of madness and, and toward ice and fire con. Well, just one more thing. Oh, if, one if more you're thing. not, Sorry. if you haven't, if you haven't, if you're not playing with us right now, set up a Twitter account. Oh. Find us at Davos Fingers and just start voting. It's really easy. We'd love to have you over there. All right, you can ice just vote. Con. You don't got to engage. You can just start by voting until you get your sea legs. Yep. Ice and fire con is coming. It's uh, my favorite time of the year. It's been canceled for two years. Uh, so there's a bunch of friends that I haven't seen. I feel like, I don't know if it's true or not. I feel like engagement is and, and attendance is up. There's a lot of people I know going this year that I, I I've never met. That I think I'm really people excited. are really excited. Yeah. yeah, it's a really great event. It's 
uh, focused on ice, you know, Song of Ice and Fire, also you know, Game of Thrones too, um, to some degree. But it's it's really a passionate book group, mm-hmm. I think more more than show group in my opinion. But there's both. There's both. I'd like to come. But on I want to know. We'd love to have you. But it, yeah, it's like for you to come. I don't know. I mean, because it would be my first time in the states. So is uh, Ohio like the best place to have my first? <laughs> That, uh, Ohio's wonderful. Yeah, it's fine. yeah. No, it's no. I mean, Columbus is it's, it's a Ohio. city. It's a yeah. city in yeah. in the United States. Yeah, it's not the best place you want to go, but Ice and Fire Con makes it worth it. I would say if you oh, can plan like a multi a multi week yeah. thing and oh, stop yeah. in there for a few days and then move on to your other things, that would be cool too. I'd love to do a, uh, a right. journey across the states. That would be amazing. How many Ohio? How many view of uh, listeners did we just lose, Matt, with me tanking Ohio like that? <laughs> Ohio is great. Visit Ohio. <laughs> Come visit. It's it's the uh, it's the O state. Yeah. I, I can know. think I of two. I can think of two. I can think of two. As I can well. think uh, of three. a few as well. Actually. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> let's not play this game for the whole time. Uh, <laughs> what what I really want to say is, if you're going, drop me a note. Let me know you're going. I definitely want to connect with anybody that listens to the show for sure. Uh, we do have our Davos Fingers meetup. Um, which will be just like, it's almost like a, just a panel, but it's very informal. We just get together and chat for an hour and talk and talk about our podcast, talk about ideas for the podcast, talk about just Song of Ice and Fire in general, lots of things. So if if you're coming, let me know. Love to, you know, buy you a drink or whatever. And um, and also, you know, if you don't have your tickets now, I think you can still get them uh, at iceandfirecon.com. So get out there. <clears throat> Exactly. Scott's now buying yep. everyone a drink. I will miss you all this year. I will miss you all. Yeah, you're. We can't split the cost this year, but not at all. So, I didn't. I don't think I offered this last time, and nobody took me up on it. That's why I'm doing it again. Oh. Okay. Cool thing. Gauntlet thrown. I, you know, I think they're all just too. I'm nice. betting here and now you are going to get at least three people now because you said that that you're going to be buying a drink for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's probably true. Um. So real quick Patreon update. Thanks to all our patrons for helping us set the field for A Song of Madness. We got your feedback. It was very helpful. And we hope you've seen how it has been put to use. And we don't care whether you like it or not. Yeah. <laughs> You're the bad boys of the family, aren't you? <laughs> all we care about is your pain, misery, and woe. Your suffering feeds us. And also for our patrons, the past couple weeks saw us release both an I Am Mercury episode as well as a Fingering the Wheel episode. More of both of those to come later this month with uh, I Am Mercury book eight. That's the penultimate book in Grant Piercy's Thrilling series. Uh, a really fun series. You guys should get, get to it and read it. It's, it's great. And Grant is a darling uh, person. So get out there and read that. And uh, yep, the third episode of Wheel of Time also coming this month. And uh, those have been fun for me to do. Check them out if you watch that show. So we'll go right into the for episode me to watch. Now. I'm glad you're enjoying it, Matt. This is our first Aria chapter in the Meet the Kalisar series. We've done like 20, 20 or 22 of these or something. And it's crazy. We haven't How have we not Aria. done any Aria know, chapters? It's amazing. So thanks, Steph, for choosing it, first of all. That's okay. Um, <clears throat> anytime. <laughs> in this... We've done like three Cersei chapters. Well, yeah. she's amazing, though. No Arya. I nearly picked a Cersei chapter. She is so much fun. Yeah. You did so pick a Cersei fun. chapter, yeah, yeah. and I told you it was available before I checked right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, for this chapter, just prior to Arya uh, in this chapter, she she made a bold move last chapter to move, uh, to, to clean the Lannisters out of Hall. 
getting rid of Sir Armory Lorch, who was who was in command there. By is it Armory? Oh my god, symbol. that's one of those words. Amory. Is it Amory or Armory? Amory. I think I say Amory. I, I say Amory. I, I, I flip between that. the two, so we say it how we want. Yeah. Let's see what comes Amory. out. Yeah. <laughs> All it took was some weasel soup and a jailbreak. Uh, now Roos is in charge here. Uh, and there are rumors that maybe Tywin's going to come back to try to take it back. And even if he doesn't, Roos is going to leave anyway and leave the bloody mummers in charge, and they suck. Plus, Arya's running out of friends within Harrenhal. So it's kind of it's kind of a rough spot she's in. She has a bit of a crisis of conscience in this chapter that we're in. Um, and she, she kind of struggles with being a wolf or being whatever the person in charge tells her to be at Harrenhal. And so in this chapter discussion, we'll probably talk quite a bit about Arya's chapters leading up a little bit and how she got here, also where she's headed. Um, and there's also some pretty heavy Red Wedding vibes in this chapter, and so we'll probably touch on that a little bit too. So we're going to we're gonna go pretty far and wide in this chapter with spoilers, so be ready for that. Spoilers. Yummy. Um, we're really excited to hear from you about what you think of the episode, as well as suggest future topics if you want. You can put your hand up to be a guest on Meet the Kalisar, like Steph did. We're so glad she did. Um, you know how to find us if you want to reach out to us. Our email address is wearedavosfingers at gmail.com. We're on Facebook. You know our Twitter handle, as we said, is at Davos Fingers. And you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Davos Fingers. So, Steph, people are going to want to get in touch with you, too, I'm sure. Where can they find you on the socials? I don't think they will. <laughs> um... Uh, I am on Twitter um, at Steph underscore Lioness. And that's, I spell my name weird because uh, it's Steph with an F. Um, thanks to my parents for confusing everybody. Um, and Lioness with a Y as well. So, and I'm also Steph Lioness on Instagram, although I'm really boring on Instagram. Um, it's mainly pictures of food um, and stupid memes. Um, and that's kind of, yeah, I'm boring on Twitter too. I'm, it's mainly memes and stupid, stupid crap and the song of ice and fire and sometimes feminism and occasionally politics. Um, but mainly stupid, funny things that I think are funny. So, but I'm especially, I'm not an expert. We need, that's what we need. I'm not an expert, but that never stopped me from weighing in before. I think you're using Instagram completely correctly from what yeah. I understand. Yeah, I, yeah, I suppose. But so. I suppose I'm not, oh, there's so many people who like take pictures of food and are like, oh, yeah. Although, you know, it's like hashtag blah, blah, blah. Whereas mine's like, here's my dinner. <laughs> I ate it. Burp. Yeah. Love it. Here's my dinner. <laughs> it was good. Burp. It's that whole tea, tea time motif again. Yeah. <laughs> now, you have uh, guested at, on a number of other podcasts and programs. If people wanted to go out and, and listen to other spots that you've done, mm -hmm. could you rattle off a couple of those um, different shows you've been on? Or shows. Podcasts? I, I mean, I've mainly done uh, Gray Areas, Obsidian Nights. Mm -hmm. I've done a few of those. We just did um, in fact, another one in A Clash of Kings, actually. Um, the Sons of One, which was really good fun. Um, and, um, <laughs> and they're primarily this gray area is on youtube right primarily she uh, was i think she does less on um youtube i think a lot of it's now just okay. mainly podcasts like on um apple podcasts and spotify and Podbean. um i am so look them up yeah the obsidian nights is fun it's another read through um of all the chapters one by one um 
We got to find Subway to fill the time. I know. It's only been 11 years. It's okay. Man. Oh, I don't want to okay. talk about it. <laughs> Sorry. Did I say a bad word? Note, let's, not, let's dive into the one of the chapters. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. I ruined it. I don't want to <laughs> let's not wait another 11 years. Uh, get into this thing. I'm excited. Uh, this is a summary written by Steph. Yes, thank you very much, Steph, for writing this summary. It saved me lots of time. It's okay. And I really needed it with Song of Madness coming out, so I appreciate it. That's a lie. Here we go. Bring up, underfoot, horse face, sticking with the pointy end. Aria, underfoot, horse face, sticking with the pointy end. The heads have been dipped in tar to slow the rot. Arya sees these same severed heads every day when she goes to collect water for Lord Roose Bolton, the new master of Harrenhal. She cannot see their faces, but she likes to pretend one of them belongs to King Joffrey. Yeah, many crows and ravens land and feast upon the rotting flesh, and Arya asks herself if... ...can speak to ravens in some secret language that the living cannot hear. Arya goes through each of the heads in turn who they are, and why they decorate the walls of Harrenhal. The maester for sending ravens to the Lannisters as Roose Bolton took the castle. The armourer for making weapons for the Lannisters. One of the housekeepers for telling the staff to serve the Lannisters. And the steward for giving Lord Tywin the keys to the treasure vault. Yeah, but the cook was allowed to live. For their part in ridding the castle of Lannisters with Weasel Soup. <clears throat> However, any woman who had taken a Lannister soldier to bed has been shaved and stripped and left in the stocks for any man in the camp to use them. This morning, Freys are using them, and Arya is trying her best not to look. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, the other housekeeper, Amabel, threatens Arya, saying she will be next when the Boltons fall and Lord Tywin returns, <laughs> having won the war down south. She grabs and even threatens to rape Arya herself with a splintered broom handle once that happens. Arya loses it hitting her with the water bucket she is carrying and shouting at her. Don't ever touch me or I'll kill you, she says. As she fills up the bucket mm -hmm. again, she considers telling Bruce Bolton what Amabel said about Tywin in case her head might go on the wall too, but she decides against it. Telling Bruce anything of any kind, no, anything, seems dangerous. Arya takes a trip down memory lane, remembering her arguing with Gen Gendry about the heads a while back. He'd asked her if she admired her work, but she didn't claim this work. She didn't cut off the heads, she'd reminded him. Yeah, that was the work of Steel Shanks Walton and the Bloody Mummers and Lord Bolton himself. All she did was make hot broth. Arya then reminded Gendry that he hated Sir Amory Lorch, the previous master of Harrenhal, just as much as she did. But Gendry hates this lot worse. <clears throat> At least Sir Amory fought for his lord. The mummers are sellswords and turncloaks. Septon up likes little boys. Kyburn does black magic, and your friend Biter eats people. Yeah, he isn't wrong. <laughs> the bloody mummers are terrible. They've been returning to the places that they had actually foraged for the Lannisters, and in doing so, they can seize the people who helped them under Lannister rule, because now they're traitors to their new master. So in some cases, they can even take back the silver that they had bought them with in the first place. It's despicable. It's awful. Rorge and Biter, speaking of awful, mm -hmm. had joined their crew, both of them just as bad, with Biter sniffing Arya whenever he passes by, and Rorge, somehow even more creepily, 
eyeing her as she does her duties. Roars scares her the most, and at times Arya even wishes she had gone off with Jacques and Hagar. Yeah, I mean, she still has the coin he gave her, iron, the size of a penny and rusting along the rim. She doubts its value, even though he told her it was great. Once she even actually threw it away, only return an hour later again, in spite of her assurance that it has no worth. Elmar Frey, a son of Lord Walder Frey and squire to Roose Bolton, calls her over to help him clean Lord's, Lord Bolton's chainmail. He's boastful and mean, instructing Arya to do his work, reminding her of his high birth and that he is betrothed to a princess. But Arya is busy taking water to Lord Bolton. He needs a leeching. Not the regular black leeches, but the big pale ones. <laughs> Mention of leeches frightens Elmar, and Arya leaves him to nightmares of leeches as big as pigs living in the neck. Entering Lord Bolton's chamber, Arya finds it busy. Kyburn is there, Walton, and a dozen Freys. Roos is in his bed, naked, with leeches on his arms, oh. legs, and chest. <laughs> they discuss the war. Harrenhal is too big to hold. Autumn has come and war has ravaged the surrounding countries. So there is very little to eat. But Roose Bolton does not mean to be besieged at Harrenhal. And he does not believe Lord Tywin will stir himself from King's Landing either. Sir Aeneas Frey worries about this assertion. But Roose Bolton is certain. I am not a man to be undone, sir. He says. Yeah, and the men continue to debate what to do next. The Frey is concerned about their next move. They have their doubts about King Rob's ability to hold off Lord Tywin. Sir Hostine Frey speaks. Someone must say it. The war is lost. King Rob must be made to see that. Though he has won every battle on the field, the Freys point out that Rob has lost the north and that Winterfell is burned and his brothers are dead. Arya is actually unaware that Bran and Rickon have seemingly been murdered by Theon Greyjoy. She doesn't know it. It's a shock to her, one that she must quell. Yeah. Not knowing that Winterfell has fallen, thinking Joffrey could not get that far north. She has no idea the Ironborn invaded. Tears glisten in her eyes and she wills them away, remaining still, silent, just as Serio Forel taught her. Bruce Bolton dismisses those around him with a smile. He will think on what they've said and their desire for Rob to bend the knee. The phrase leave, only Kyburn, Stillshanks Walton, and Arya remaining. Bruce instructs Arya, or Nan, as she is calling herself, to remove the leeches. Kyburn, who lost his, ma his maester's chain for dabbling in necromancy, hands Roos, <clears throat> sorry, <clears throat> hands Roos a letter from his lady wife, and Roos says he will write one to Sir Helman Tallheart. He tells Kyburn to instruct Sir Helman to join forces with Robert Glover and strike east for Duskendale for their vengeance on Lannisters and Ironborn. Roos Bolton then decides he will hunt today. He is going hunting for wolves. They roam the riverlands around the god's eye, and he cannot sleep at night because of their incessant howling. He wonders at such bold wolves prowling so far south, and Kyburn remarks that terrible times breed terrible things. Roos gives his version of a smile and responds, Are these times so terrible, maester? Yeah, sort of. <laughs> Lord Bolton and Kyburn leave Nan, also known as Arya, to clear up and sort his room out for his return. Uh, alone, she burns the letter from Lady Walda Bolton and one ponders over what she heard about Winterfell, Bran, Rickon, and even Rob. She wonders if 
Winterfell really is gone, and if she'll ever be Arya again, or if now she'll just be Nan, the serving girl at Harrenhal forevermore. She cleans Lord Bolton's room, and then does the same in her solar. While in Roose's solar, Arya notices a map entitled The Lands of the Trident. She looks for Riveron and finds it. It's not so far, she thinks. Which we'll, of course, find out later that it actually is quite far. far. Quite far. It's a little bit. Ten-year-olds, it turns out, not great at understanding the distances on maps they've never seen before. Mm. Also, if you're heading the wrong way, it's really far, too. <laughs> yeah, it really doesn't help. <laughs> yeah. And if you get, keep getting turned around and going different directions. Sure. And if you're just looking for moss on trees, if that's all you've yeah. got. Like, I'm sure the moss is that way, don't you say? <laughs> I've actually yep. tested her theory, and I, I've looked at moss on trees and gone nuts everywhere. Slides. It's just everywhere. It's just That's what every time I read that, I'm like, I'm not an outdoorsy guy, but I feel like moss is on all the right. sides. Yeah. See, what grows. happens is the sun moves across the sky. Yeah. It doesn't. We all know that, but it appears to move across the sky, so the whole stone gets hit, right? This is it seems. Is moss to do? With, is that? Is that what it is? Is it to do oh, with the I sun? I don't know. I... <laughs> Well, just, I would think lack of sun, right? It wants like shady. I don't, oh, know. I don't know. I just presumed it was like yeah. magic, and it just magically grew on one side. Like dark like, magic. Yeah, old magic. The moss. The moss fairies yeah, come and the, spread their moss. The children of the forest. They put the moss there, right? Um, there we go. I don't know. There we go. I'm from a city, in it. So uh, I don't know. We don't have trees um, or nature. So, yeah. You and I three. <laughs> exactly. So there we go. We have nature reasonably close to us. Well, we certainly don't have moss because because we have kids yeah. running around and jumping on all the rocks. I have no idea what it's like. I just know that there's like a lake and there's salt in it. So, salt, right. salty lake. Oh, and terrible. then we're in a valley, so there's beautiful mountains real close to really? us. You know, we can drive an hour and yes. be up in the That's mountains. Nice. And it's lovely. Yeah. But, I live near mountains. Yeah, the now, Salt Lake, but... the Salt Lake itself is terrible. Yeah, the city's know. nice, and the surrounding mountains are nice, but the Salt Lake itself is. Oh. I mean, I tell people to skip it when they come. Okay. Yeah, it's not. It's not a tourist attraction. We generally recommend. Really? Yeah. It's uh, literally called Salt stinks. Lake City. So you're saying yeah. you should get rid of yeah. that? Just call it City. Don't bother. <laughs> Just. <laughs> It'll sound like a soccer club, but uh, you know. Just city. Yeah. yeah. Soccer. You mean football? The city. <laughs> I did. I did. Yeah, mean Scott. <laughs> so, um, where do you want? There's a lots, lots of stuff to go into here. I, I couldn't. I want to start maybe with. I, I. It's not a note I wrote down, but just listening to Steph read her section there about Roos lying in bed naked. Yeah, the way you naked. emphasized that. Naked. Like, it just made me think, like, how much, naked. how many shits Roos does not give um, I didn't about know where that was going to go, how many shits what. Um, I mean, <laughs> he just doesn't care. Like, no, sure, you can come three, in and, like, just look three. at me naked. Can you imagine I don't care. Ned I have... Stark uh, doing naked. Exactly. Naked no, with like, the, it's got to be formal. With the, the Carstarks and um, with the Littles. And the Norris. Hey guys. Now that's that's totally that's totally purposeful though, right? He's trying. It's like a like, power move. Could you imagine yeah, being a Frey though? Move. Frey like, oh, um, Roos wants you for like, um, could you just come? He wants to do like a meeting in his in his bedroom. Yeah, cool. I'll be there in a minute. The Freys are like coming upstairs and like, oh, he's nude. Just there's <laughs> his penis. 
He's it's almost bad. maybe like he plays a game of top that with himself if he can like mm. make them more uncomfortable every time they come visit. Yeah. Is yeah. it weird that I wonder if he like, trims his area? It's not weird. Yeah. Like if he like if he spruces up. Yeah. Sprucey roosy. <laughs> it's like a bonsai tree down there. <laughs> yeah, or is it done in his sigil? Is it like a flayed man? You know? Ooh. Yeah. Oh, gross. I, <laughs> I feel have I gone too far? <laughs> it's not too far. No, now I'm just my imagination's running wild. Yeah. I'm wondering what he's doing to prep down there. Yeah, exactly. No, but I think it totally is a power move. Yeah. It's a way to put them off. And you know, it's almost like you feel more vulnerable, you know, when you're naked. Mm, and he's but just to like, him, he's care. like, This is how little I care. I'm gonna flip that completely on its head. Right. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't make a note of that because Reading, you're like, what the hell? I've definitely underlined it and gone, what the fuck in my, in my book? <laughs> gone like, why, <laughs> why have you, why are you just there naked? But yeah, it's power play. Why are you naked? Um, I just, I find it. I, I find Ruse, Ruse is a real. I have lots of theories about Ruse. Um, okay, fine. Don't hold back. Thanks. I won't. Um, I mean, I hate. <laughs> I he. It, it, I hate Ruse. Ruse is a. Dick. I mean, we not. No one likes Reese. Does anyone like Reese Bolton? Um, uh, I think I think there's a couple Bolton stands out there, but I mean, he's an he's a really point. interesting character. Yeah, and I he's Super very cool. well written. Yeah. And I I one day I'd like to do a thing where I talk really quietly and I make people lean in to listen to what I'm saying. Um, and like do that's the kind of power play. I used to be. A, I will. I, I used move. to be a yep. teacher, and um, mm. I, I used to work in. I worked in an all boys school. And I found that lot, and it was a really tough all boys Catholic school in inner London. So it was like tough, like, and I'm not a very tall person. Um, no, no. And like by the time the kids are like twelve, they're all way taller than me. Um, and all of the male <laughs> teachers just used to shout at the kids, and that's how they would do their power. They'd just be like, shut up, shut up. Yeah, that's that's general way. Yeah. yeah. Whereas I. Like I don't the female Tamra and I was I studied music and I actually was a professional singer for a while so there's that too, um, mm. um, but I find that uh, the timbre of my voice goes screechy if I tried to do that so I used to find just going low <laughs> shrill. go low and do the do the thing where you're like scares them more if you lower your voice and you go I'm not angry about this I'm just really disappointed. With your behavior right now and you just yeah it's a good power play yeah i can see that i, I might do it with my I children i just got tingled <laughs> filth you're a married man um <laughs> that was different that was a different tingle <laughs> yeah it was on my arms not in my pants <laughs> um yeah and i've just noticed your t-shirt by the way um it's awesome oh so Falcon. Well, the Falcon. The Falcon. Um, yeah. So I think I love Roos, but as a char- as a written character, and he scares the absolute bejesus out of me. The bejesus. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. I was reading as I was reading this, rereading. Um, I actually wonder if it was Roos Bolton who was the full mastermind of the Red Wedding and not Tywin Lannister. And I think Tywin Lannister took the credit mm. for it. Because why? Because why yeah. wouldn't he? But uh, I, I mean, because he never really does take the credit for it. 
I mean, he kind of hints, like, I think Tyrion says to him at some point, like, you dick, how could you kill all these people at a wedding? Um, I'm paraphrasing. He doesn't, yeah. Um, and he just says, oh, you know, why I could have killed that many people, like, thousands of people on a field. Tell me why it's better to kill 2,000 people in battle than 13 at dinner. Exactly. Thank you. There we go. Paraphrasing again. Um, I didn't get it right either. But um, it's Yeah, it's more right than my, you dick. <laughs> Plus, <laughs> that's why I'm not Gurum. Um, the, tone, the tone was right. <laughs> yes. Um, and so he doesn't really says, oh, yeah, yeah, I made it all up and blah, 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 blah. And we know that he's writing letters in one of the storm thingies. And Tyrion's like, I wonder what he's writing about, who he's writing to. But I think, right. I was reading this and I was thinking, because I, I know that there's writings about, um, I don't know, Brynden Beefish, if he's out there. I know he's not on Twitter anymore. Um um thinks that Roos was undermining and I'm not surprised that he's undermining Rob quite early on. Um agreed. And mm-hmm. um but I wonder if um and I'm trying to look through my notes here, but when he's having that meeting with the phrase, like he knows that he agrees, like and he says it later on in Storm with Jamie and Brienne that Rob basically lost the war when Tywin won down south. And of course, the Ironborn are in the north. I think he knows that the Freys are right, that this war mm-hmm. is, this war is, and I think at that point, he's like, I need to get on the right side of the Lannisters. And I know that he doesn't know at that point that Rob is completely messed up by marrying Jane Westerling. I feel like I'm like rambling here, but I do think... Um, Go ahead. I just think at that point he's go he's thinking what I need to do something now to win curry favour with the Lannisters. How can I do this? So I don't know if that he obviously didn't think, okay, I will organise the Red Wedding because it wasn't quite there, but I think in this this is the chapter where I think the seeds of full on betrayal happen and I think he was getting ready to do something with Rob and I wonder because later on they find out that Rob has messed up and dishonoured the phrase. Um, I just wonder if actually he was the one who came up, because why would Tywin Lannister say to him, like, I, I think he contacted Tywin Lannister and said, I'm with you, we're all going to be going to the phrase for the wedding, should we, should we kill Rob there? And Tywin Lannister went, great, that's a great idea, I'm on board. Am I off base, do you think? Right. I think we agree. No, nope. Matt. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you kicking it over to me, Scott? Because Matt, you're our resident expert on this. I mean, so Matt uh, wrote wrote an essay on this too, and we did a, a recording episode on it. Um, and I, I, it's been so long, and I didn't get a, time, a chance to review it's been it. A few years, yeah. but I, I feel like that's pretty close to what you said too. That Roos early on. Let me. I kicked it over, and now I'm taking it back. This is what I do best. <laughs> it's like I tend to be gracious, yeah, and then just take Fake. it. Yeah, take, take, take. Uh, it's all right. Go for it. That 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 Roos very early on, as early as the Battle of the Green Fork, was purposefully trying to lose soldiers and put Rob's army at a disadvantage. And probably, I don't know if he told, you know, Tywin that he was going to do that ahead of time, or whether he said afterward, hey, I did you a solid, I'm going to do you more solids. Let's just yeah, play like the slow game. Mm. Yeah. Let's play the slow game here, because Rob's going to trip up, and when he does, I'm your guy. Mm. Right? It's So I, I feel like it was kind of like a less of a 
calculate it. And I don't know, Matt, am I, am I stepping exactly in the, in the, the path you laid? I can't remember now to be honest. You totally but, are. Yeah. But and it is an old one. It's from 2016. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Finish it off, Matt, please. You were the architect so, of that, that whole thing. Uh, it's the, the essay is called, it is wolves. I mean to hunt the motivations of the red wedding conspirators. And I try to cover the phrase, the, um, Lannisters, the Boltons, mm. even the Westerlings I go into. Mm. Um, it's written, and I've we've got a recorded essay of it as well with Scad doing some voice work on it and everything. And, and Brooke, and Brooke, too. Brooke as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they both joined me to, to, to record it. But yeah, I postulate the same thing that both of you had brought up, that as early as the Green Fork, I think Roose Bolton could have reached out to Tywin Lannister. They were both in pretty close proximity to mm-hmm. each other at that point. And I think it would have been possible for them to start talking. Maybe no organized planning mm-hmm. yet, but just that whole, hey, so you think they were I don't already want Rob talking. Stark in power. You don't want Rob Stark in power. Mm-hmm. Let's start playing around here. I think it's possible. In fact, I even postulate in the essay that it, it's possible that Tywin left kind of a weaker commander like Amory Lorch in charge for the express mm. reason of Roos Bolton being able to come in and take Hall from him. I mean, I do find it weird uh, that the, the, the takeover of Hall, I find it really odd that it was so easy. Right. You know, all exactly. it took was a bowl of soup. <laughs> you know. Rem- remember, exactly. the, remember that Tywin needs Amory Lorch dead. He needs that to, to yep, quell Dorne, so he needs him dead anyway. And if he can make it look like an accident, but yeah. still quell Dorne's rage, that's good because he doesn't want to execute his own man. Mm. That looks bad for his own people. So it's kind yep. of I don't remember whether you postulated that too, Matt, but I think it's there. They need they need him dead just so that he keeps quiet too, so they wouldn't break under torture. Mm. Because Tywin's whole thing is Amory Lorch and Gregor Clegane killed the Targaryen kids without my, you know. They went beyond my orders in doing right. that. I didn't want them to kill the kids. I didn't want them to kill Elia, but they just did it. Um, and so by having Amory dead. So I think it's possible that that stuff could have come up very early on. Mm-hmm. But like you said, certainly by Hall, they're talking. Mm-hmm. Um, later in that Tyrion chapter that you brought up, Steph, uh, he brings up the fact Tywin brings up that a large force of Northmen under Helm and Tallheart and Robert Glover are descending toward Duskendale. I've sent Lord Tarly to meet them. Like he knew yeah. about Did, that well think, in advance. Um, so. Do you think they discussed that? Do you think that was Tywin's orders? Because that's another thing I've written down in my notes was, was that, do you think Roos did that to curry favor? Or do you think he and Tywin, were they in cahoots on it? Or was it just simply, yeah. you know? Co- coordinated to reduce troop numbers for Rob. I think. And even if it would be difficult for them to communicate back and forth because of the distance, they can't just be sending encrypted emails uh. to each other. <laughs> and even the ravens would be would be dangerous. Yeah. It could be something as simple as oh, it's glass candles, isn't it? You know, <laughs> yeah, glass candles yeah, is what it yeah. is. Yeah, is coming to Tywin Listen, in his I'm, dreams, literally. It could be as simple as Tywin, pay attention because I'm going to give you opportunities yeah. to kill Northmen. Right. So keep an eye out on things. Right. Yeah. It looks like he did or play spies because troops are going to be coming. So watch for him type of thing. I mean, I'm shaking my head. Like, uh, I'm shaking my head here like, oh my God, like it's a real, like, this is outrageous. Like, how yeah. could you do it's, this? It's Haley Mills Shucks. playing Roos Bolton and Haley Mills playing Tywin Lannister in The Parent Trap. 
ruined the parent trap for me, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. You've ruined the parent trap for me. Although that that song is the worst bit of the parent trap. I can't watch that bit. Fast forward. That song. It wasn't as bad as me singing it. No, it was beautiful. Never put yourself down. (laughs) Beautiful. Never, never. I tell him that all the time. But, you know, Roos knew what he wanted. Roos wants control of the North, at least to start in the North. Mm. And House Bolton has always been under the foot of House Stark. Mm. And Tywin Lannister doesn't necessarily need Roos Bolton. Roos Bolton does need Tywin Lannister to get to that point, Mm. though, I think. So I agree with you. I think that Roos Bolton probably initiated that conversation. And here, I think he's feeling out the phrase... To go, I wonder if we could rope these guys into it. They seem really disillusioned. He even says stuff to them like, oh, what does he say? Like, he's it's like he's goading them almost. He's like, uh, but Rob's won every battle he's fought. Like, they're expressing their discontent. Mm. And Roos is almost standing up for him a little bit. Well, I think, yeah. But I think he's doing that almost is. to, like, I, get them to I think to he dig knows deeper. that. I, and I wonder if that's why, for example, if he was the one to, if he was in conversation with Tywin... If he was the one to bring up and say, okay, so Rob, so hello, hi Tywin, how's it going? You know, hope you're well in these strange times. Um, um, If he was the guy to say that Rob's going north um, for to Mm -hmm. to the twins for this wedding, uh, maybe I could like kill him there for you with the phrase. And I wonder if he does that because he knows. He repeats it. He he repeats what they say. Rob has won every battle that he's fought. I think he knows that he can never take on Rob in the field. Um, yep. I think he did that. And sure. I, I think he also inceptioned Walder into thinking it was his idea. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. For sure. That's the only way he would get to work is if he made them think that it was Walder's idea. Walder Frey is... Ugh. And I, I get... But I do think... Yeah. <laughs> I just actually We're spending this whole chapter talking about the three worst people in this series. That, that bedside conversation was what convinced Roos to go, okay, the phrase are ripe. I can use them. Mm. Tywin, I got someone else here for us. Yeah. yeah. And then they start plotting mm. and seeing what they can I think do. the plan was always to use them somehow. They just didn't know exactly how it was going to come into play. And kind of like you said earlier, Roos sending messages to Tywin. Uh, Tywin's picking up the message and for sure had had rob seduced at the crack as you know mm. uh, you know those those people work for tywin mm-hmm. and that was entirely tywin's jab at him to try to to try to loosen it up but i think roos saw the phrase as something like you know almost like a a blank piece of balsa wood he doesn't know exactly what he's going to carve out of it yet mm. but he knows he's going to carve a tool that he can use but he also knows that the phrase are the worst the perfect i mean everyone knows that the phrase yeah. are the worst humans i mean why are they're they? so easy to exploit they're so, what they want is very easy to see is there yeah. even one i mean there's like three sort of vaguely nice phrase and that's it like you've got oliver <laughs> for sure uh, Irwin, and they, they a, get they get rid of the like the, the three turns out okay well, he, yeah but he's like ugh, he's such a ugh, you know he kind of redeems himself a little bit in the end but he? yeah he's kind of a classic fray at the beginning but he's also he's like such um, a lick spittle cowardly little <laughs> blah, blah, blah. they're all yeah. like snotty yeah, yeah. like mm-hmm. they're, and they're, oh. listen yeah, even, the, even the good ones were not exactly like singing their praises yeah. right no. even but, the good uh, ones were like yeah they're fine 
But I think they knew, I think you guys are right. They knew that the phrase were the one family in Westeros that they could probably convince to completely wreck their reputation mm. in doing this dastardly deed. Well, I don't think right? they, well, they, they, they have, have no they reputation have no to reputation. wreck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's nothing. They got there. nothing to lose. Yeah. I think so why it's not? only like the Roslyn phrase, isn't it? Um, do I mean the Roslyn phrase? Oh, Roslyn's all right. Not, not, who Roslyn? do I, what do I mean, Roslyn? No, this is Roslyn's Edmure's Edmure's future. Yeah, yeah. The, she's a Rosby. Is she a Rosby Frey? Where's Roslyn's oh, I don't mother? Remember. I don't know. It's what though, but they're the ones who get sent away. They're all the ones who are not present. Not present. They're all the ones who get sent away. I think. Yeah. They're the only ones who are like vaguely nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but, but the phrase are the worst family of the lot. Are they worse than the Boltons, though? And also, did you put Walder Frey's on well, the Ministry Nights? There's certainly more of them. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's why when you say nobody likes Roos, that's that's why I quibble a little. Not that people really like him as a person, but there's so much mystery. The phrase are what they are. Mm. They're on the page, and you can see them for what they are. It's pretty clear. Yeah. The the Boltons are like, you know, they're you know, it's not good, but like, what are they about? What are they really trying mm. to? Have they really just been playing this long game for hundreds of years? And thousands. now's the time. Thousands of years is. Well, yeah, a thousand, yeah. Pro- probably thousands of years. Has Roos himself been playing it for hundreds of years, according to that crazy bolt-on theory of skin changing and mm. taking taking the face of the bodies of his sons and oh, I have a better one. Putting for his you face on them, and I have a better theory. And wonderful, <laughs> but I think <laughs> someone else has probably come up with it. But I was listening to something else the other day about the Night's King. You know how Nan uh-huh. says, "Was he actually a Stark or a Bolton?" Yeah. And you know how the Night's King had children with the Night's Queen? Yes. Is yes. the reason why but... Roose Bolton gets leeched because he talks about it gets rid of the bad blood because he is a descendant of the Night's King and Queen. I've said it, there you go. I like it. Is that the blood? Yeah. Is that I... the blood he has to leech out of himself? For what it's worth, you have the Davos finger stamp of approval. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I need nothing more in my life. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just thought, oh yeah, maybe because like, the leeching is weird. He's the only person who ever it is weird brings up leeching. No one else says I need leeching. No, one. I mean it is constant. It is a thing. Um, there, are, it's a, the, uh, the the Night's Watchman guy that is terrible. That his dad, that's what his job was. Oh, I can't remember his name, but there are whole people that work in the fields near. Oh, uh, Chet. Oh, yeah, get <clears throat> the leech. Chet, yeah. yes, Chet. Thank you. Yeah. Right. There are yeah, whole they people like that farm Chet. Farm I mean, le- Chet. leeching is a farm thing. Leeches. Um, I was trying to explain to my so kids what leeching is. He's like, "What the hell?" Kid one, the eldest, he could not believe that people used to put these things on themselves to get rid of blood for medical reasons. To get rid of blood. So, so I was looking at it today, and Mel uses I, it too. Sorry, go ahead. I to, I and I, I'm not a. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm a medical expert yeah. looking around on the internet, which always has the most reliable it information. Does, yeah. yeah. But I did a fair amount of reading, and it said that they're finding that leeches are effective at increasing blood circulation and breaking up blood clots. Did you find that on a website mm-hmm. that also said oh. don't get the COVID vaccine and? Um... <laughs> It was um, (laughs) World for Trump. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Oh, we just lost listeners there. (laughs) Um, 
No, but uh, for whatever reason, that's certainly not why Bruce Bolton was doing it. It appears. Mm. I mean, like, as not a doctor, that make it makes some sense to me that like the sucking motion might like relieve quant problems that you've got. Makes sense. I can Does see it. it. I feel like I want it. Does to me. Doctors of the world who listen to this, wade in and tell us. Wade in the river of got features. Got a couple. Yeah. And I'm sure they will. I want to know. You know who you are. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, so that's naked Ruth. Naked Ruth leeching himself. Do you think he puts them <laughs> on his man, man man parts? I think he lets someone else do it. But just do you think he goes there? Yes. Do you? Ooh. I don't. I don't think he spares anything. Rim. It's all over. He makes their way all over. Gross. Listen, it's my head cannon and I'm keeping it. <laughs> you yeah. can keep it in your head. <laughs> Bruce keeps it in his pants. You can keep it in your head. Um, you asked the question. He, ac- he actually doesn't keep it in his pants. That's true. He doesn't. He's, he's just laid out naked on the nude. bed. But uh, where he says, are these, ti- are these times so terrible to Kyburn? Yeah. I mean, these are times when men like Roose Bolton make their power mm. plays. He's waited a long time for the kingdom to be in this kind of disarray. And he's got his teeth and bared. this is great for him. He's got his teeth bared at that point, which isn't that like a symbol of like, isn't... that's like aggression, isn't it? And aggression. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's true. I didn't think about that. It is so awkward when it mentions that he showed his teeth in the text says something of a smile or something yeah. like that and i just yeah. imagined him doing like this really awkward like time, so bad. but you're right it's him time, so bad. um <laughs> yes oh man can you do that in a california accent stuff uh i'll try uh <laughs> like are the times really so bad like like no i don't think so that's yeah. excellent. They're really bad. Just like, like, just like Doc bad. John on his episode did Victorian in a Mickey Mouse voice. Can we please start doing all Roos Bolton oh, gosh. voices? Is that in, Mickey Mouse? In a... Is this a trap? Oh. Oh, gee, kids. Oh, gee. Our time's really that bad? Um, is that Mickey well, Mouse? Java's Fingers, everyone. The <laughs> Imitation Podcast. I don't know. I haven't heard Mickey Mouse's voice for many years, so I don't even know if that even was his voice. He's such a symbol, and we don't hear him talking that much. No. We never hear Minnie Mouse talking. Um, Hashtag sexism. Um, Oh, they've silenced her. And Pluto. Hashtag animal rights? I don't know. I hated Pluto. I hated him. What is the point of him? He was stupid. I love Pluto. Really? Did you guys know that this is an Arya episode? Sorry, yeah. We've been talking about Roose Bolton the whole time. But he's a and big... meanwhile, we have this special 10-year-old running around fantasizing about more death and more heads instead mm. of feeling pity for them. I feel bad for... I mean, Aya is such an interesting character. Um, and, I mean, they're all interesting. Is there a single one in the story that isn't interestingly written? I don't think so. Um, mm-hmm. um, but hmm. I feel literally bad for her existence because she's this 10 year old with like really crazy murderous killy death thoughts all the time and i kind of think someone needs to give her a hug like now she needs oh absolutely how how did this like i know that ned says that she's he's i think the the wolf blood does he say that in a game of thrones um and um 
I actually do wonder if, you know, the story that Ygritte tells John about how the wildlings and the Starks all share blood because of uh, Bale the Bard, um, etc. And, you know, there's like, because they're all spearwives and, and wildlings, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Um, I do wonder if, therefore, Aya has spearwife blood too. I mean, Some of that. Where that kind of warrior definitely nature to her, and I think Sansa probably has it too because she gets quite. Um, she has these moments where she's quite like, "I hope he dies" in her head. <laughs> like, oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. I hope he dies. And you don't even blame her at that point. You're no, like, I do too, girl. I do too. Yeah, like, exactly. This is great. I hope Rob. I mean, my kids. <clears throat> my kids are seven and nine, and they they've said that before. I wish you were dead. And wow. You never heard your kids don't do that. Okay, maybe it's just no, me. I think <laughs> I'll laugh it off. Um, yeah. I've heard it. Yeah, it's not common, but it's happened. But for Arya, it seems like a realistic option to her when she's mm-hmm. threatening it. It's not, it's not like just a... realistic. I mean, she has killed. I mean, yeah, she has and killed. As a, at the age of nine, she killed the stable boy. Having, yeah, I mean, right. if you think about it, she had a bit of the wolf's blood. She likes like sword fighting. And then you've got to imagine being a nine-year-old child who basically you're just playing one day and then all of a sudden you wake up and every single person that you knew, like all of your friends, like Fat Tom and all those people are dead. Like literally there's a slaughter. Everybody's dead. Everything you've ever known. And you're in a nest, like as King's Landing, a nest of vipers. You know, you're surrounded by enemies. She gets out, like she's a, she's a survivor. Um, she gets out. She leaves. Um, sorry for the scene. <laughs> um, but uh, she leaves King's Landing. She she has to get out of um the Red Keep. She has to kill that boy. I mean, it's it's die or it's kill or be killed. I mean, that is just. I can't imagine being. I mean, you, I mean, the world we're living in right now, like there's war right now. Hopefully it's over by the time this comes out and everything will be lovely mm. and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, these are hugely, this is like crazy trauma for a nine-year-old kid. Um, yeah, yeah, and totally. The, the brilliance and then, of George. And then she has to watch her dad's head get chopped off. Like that is, like what the hell? Formative. Like, yeah. It's formative. Those those are the kinds of things that stick stick with you and that make you consider those violent things as real options, mm. Mm. right? Right. It's like a mini the, the brilliance, the brilliance of George to me in this chapter too, though, is that he has this scene where she threatens Amabel, like, oh, "You touch me again, I'll kill you," mm. and she means it. She mm. she actually thinks that is an option, mm. but well, then fair, later in the um, chapter, later in the chapter, she's she's stick. reverting to a regular ten year old and just saying. There's leeches in the neck as big as pigs, just Ooh. to like tease. And everything's stupid. Elmar. That's so stupid. And, yeah, you're right. stupid. You're, you're stupid. stupid. No, you're I just, love that part. I know. It I makes love it. Us you're stupid. Go and you back smell. and forth. Yeah. Into this psyche of her that, yeah. that yeah. is so conflicted. I know. What's What's fact, really she... sad to me is kind of this callousness that she's developed mm. towards deaths mm. that are frankly, you know, related to her actions. Right. Like that wasn't my work. She, Mm. Yeah, the what happened with the weasel soup. And yeah, she was doing what she, she felt she needed to do, which was freeing Northmen. And she didn't know that, you know, all of Hall's mm. household was going to get 
their heads chopped off because mm. of the weasel soup. She was just trying to free Northmen in an effort to get back home. Mm. But, um, and she does say this wasn't my work. Uh, but, you know, this is jumping ahead a little bit. Later we get to the stuff about um, the stable boy in the next section of the mm. chapter where she talks about how she wakes the stable boy up and makes him get the horse ready and everything. And she thinks to herself, I really hope they don't hurt him for I doing know, this. I love that. But they probably will. Yeah. But they probably will. It's like such a thinks. gentle, like suddenly like a conscience, like, you know, she, she but they probably did. will. I know. <laughs> I'm still going to do it. That's not going to stop me from doing it. Yeah. But what, what choice does she have with... though? What choice does she have? She's it's either that or. And that's or... how she justifies it. Mm. But I get, but my I wonder life, if. My life to me right now is more important than this other kid's. Well, he won't get killed And it's killed the same thing it. with Gendry and well, maybe though. God, She's just be. seen other guys get killed for less. That's true. <laughs> um, basically these household servants for doing their jobs have gotten killed. But would we uh, would we be thinking that um sorry to be a feminist killjoy, but would we be thinking that if it was a guy? I wonder. You know, the, the things that people do because they're like, you know, if you were uh trapped somewhere I mean, what would you, would you do it? Would you, would you feel comfortable with that? Or, you know, I'm trying to think of some of the other male characters in it that we don't, we don't question well, them. While you're thinking of it, to be clear, I'm not necessarily trying to judge her for it. No. I'm saying that I'm observing it in her. Yeah, yeah. That there's kind of this callousness to her doing mm. it. I think she even sort of does it with Gendry and Hot Pie. Yeah. Mm. They had, they, you know, for all they knew, they had a pretty good existence set up. Gendry was liking being the 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 resident blacksmith. Yeah. Hot Pie was kind of enjoying his time in the kitchens. And she's like, nope, come with me. Like, yeah. Nope, you're coming with me. Let's go. And there's kind of, she's developing this callousness to the deaths that are related to her actions. That's, uh, that's really interesting. Yeah. And also she lies to... Gendry about it, doesn't she? She says, oh, he's going yes. to chop off your left foot. Right. But, she's going to chop off but your I think, foot if you don't come with me. I think the theme that we're seeing in both of these, the stable boy thing and the lying to Gendry thing and the thinking about getting them out of there, maybe selfishly for her needs, but also because she thinks she's helping, she really does think she's helping them. What mm. we're seeing is an advanced adult perspective on the reality mm. of these things yeah. instead of the perspective of a 10-year-old. Yeah. She understands right. because she's seen her father beheaded, because she's had to kill the stable boy, because she's been traipsed through the li mm. riverlands and seen Lamy stabbed through the belly because nobody would carry him, because she's seen all these things and she understands better how the world works, mm. she's forced to grow up and see them for what they really are, and her childlike brain still reverts back to the horror of what that is. Mm. They're probably going to beat him for this. And she's and sad also, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But also, she knows she has to. She's desperate she, for a pack, though, as well. She wants. That's why That's she lies to them. Gendry and Hot Pie. She needs yep. them with her because she can't. Um, like she is the like the lone wolf, isn't she? And she would. She needs to be. Yeah, totally. She needs to have a pack, and she's. I went. I actually went through all the packs that she has and mm. loses because she's obviously from the Starks. She has the Starks to start with. She. Um, uh, I've written it down somewhere here. Oh yeah, so she. Has the Stark, she loses it and is alone in Flea Bottom. And then obviously her dad's head comes off. Then she's with Yorin and the, the recruits for the Night Watch. And then she loses that and then she's alone in Harren Hall. Um, then she takes Gendry and Hot Pie with her and she loses them in the Riverlands 
but then she kind of joins up with the BWB. Um, Brotherhood, yep. Um, and then is lost to them in the Riverlands. She kind of has a mini pack with Sandor. With Sandor. <laughs> a little mini one. Um, and then leaves him. Um, and then she joins the Faceless Men. Um, but, I mean, can you really have a pack with the Faceless Men when they are trying to erode your own, your yeah. your, your whole existence, your personality, your life? Um, there is a sense of like belonging though, so I agree with you there. But she's looking for it in the wrong. I mean, she's always looking for it in the wrong place. Like that is the wrong place. <laughs> if you want to pack, you don't want to have something like, well, we're all going to lie about our existence, and you will all yeah. be no they're, one. They're raising um, lone wolves, right? Yeah, like, they're not raising yeah. a pack of together wolves. They're, no, they're no, she's a... she's looking for Ned Stark, isn't she? She's looking for someone to give her life lessons and say nice things, oh, and yeah. you know. It's it's hard. We'll come back to that in the next section. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's definitely something. I just, I like the, it's not really this part, but one of her little, her mini pack with Sandor is, mm -hmm. um, I think, I find quite a lot, I like the parallels between her character and Sandor Clegane. And I think I can see that they're both, like as children, they were both enormous. They went through both really hugely formative experiences. Yeah, like, um, traumatic like he, experiences. Obviously, sure. he was burnt in fire by his lovely brother. You'll catch. Is Sir Gregory single? Because, you know, that guy should really... Um, <laughs> i got some friends who'd probably love that. Um, yeah. Huh. <laughs> Sir Gregor. Yeah. I can um, fix him. Yeah, exactly. But I, they've got these lots of parallels, and they both kind of hate... They put this front out of... We hate the world. We like killing. Want to kill people? Yeah, 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 yeah. Death. Yay. Mm -hmm. um, but they both just really—they both just really need a hug and like someone to like cook them a nice meal, have a, like a nice roast chicken, <laughs> just sit down. And they—they—they—they they, they, they both needed that, I think. And I think there's quite a few parallels between those two characters. Um, and that's why they maybe ended up together and, and probably didn't abandon each other because for a while, I know this is jumping ahead into to, to, to Storm, but there was a time, there were times when Arya could have left the Hound. She could have gone, like she could have escaped quite a few times, but doesn't. Yep. And there were times when, like when he realized that after the Red Wedding, he, like, she almost has no worth to him once, once Liza Aaron's dead. After the Red Wedding, oh wait, no, hang on. Liza Aaron was Liza Aaron dead when they still had when they were still together. Anyway, after the Red Wedding, there was almost very little value to having Aya around. Um, for him. He can't claim a huge reward from her mother anymore. Um and he stays. But he stays anyway and he keeps her. But I think I wonder if he's you know and that's why he's very tender to Sansa. I think he, you know, the sister that I think Gregor must have murdered you know, he mm. does he see his does he see his, his sister, sister in, in Aya and Sansa and because he's very protective of them. Um um but anyway that's those are my, my thoughts on, on Aya and her, her pack and looking for people and you know. I love that. There's there's a tiny passage just to back up what you're saying. She says the pail was very heavy once full. The pail that she ends up hitting mm -hmm. Amabel with. Mm -hmm. And as I was reading, I read a couple chapters prior to this one just to get the context and remind myself of what happened. 
And I remembered that in that pre, or I read that in that previous chapter, when they're carrying the, the, the weasel soup, mm-hmm. Jacques and Hagar helps her carry the kettle that they use. It, it makes a point of saying that the two of them carried it together. Mm. And I thought that that was really interesting compared to her saying the pail that she's carrying alone now mm. is very full and very heavy. Mm. And I feel like this is very symbolic of her feeling alone and the weight that yeah. that is on her mm. being all alone now. Gendry and Hot Pie are there, but they feel a lot of animosity towards her right now. It says mm. that they'd kind of been shunning her a little bit because mm. of the new situation with the Northmen and her part and getting them there. And so I, I, I think that you're right. She does feel very alone and that weighs on her and she kind of needs a pack mm. and needs that uh, interaction. I mean, she's Part 10, of her identity. you know, but yeah. also yeah. she's 10. Like she, she, I know that in, in, in uh, this, in this sort of planet and existence that children grow up fast and like even Bran, it's like, I'm nearly a man grown. I'm eight years old. Um, um, but I, you know, she's still only 10 as well. Like, mm-hmm. it's not even just the fact that there's a lot going on. Like, you're right, the weight of the world, the weight of everything she's seen and gone through is heavy, but she's also just like, she's just a 10 year old and she's been through shit. And, like, you, exactly. you know, um, I can't mm-hmm. imagine either of my children alone in the world in that way, just lost with nothing. No, that, it's when I, when I talk about Arya, it's, it's that, that point is always one I try to keep right in the front of my brain because mm. her sense of identity is so strong that mm. she's able to maintain it. She has some doubts in this chapter, and we'll get to them in the next section a little bit more. But what you're set up with in this chapter is a very unstable situation. She mm. has no friends, no pack. The friends that she has are angry at her or mm. afraid of her, so she feels like she doesn't belong. She has an untenable situation with the person she's serving who frankly she freed those people because she thought she was gonna be able to trust the northman taking over and she's found that she just doesn't she's got a good sense not to and she doesn't trust them and and so it's very untenable tywin might be coming back Roos is leaving her with basically murderers mm-hmm. uh, george i think it's in the next section <laughs> yeah. psychopaths in the next section she talks about eyes crawling all over her and people well, no, i think we, yeah and things and like that's disgusting and, that is like yeah there's a phrase uh, I live in Scotland, and there's a phrase, there's a word that we use up here. If, if, if something makes you feel sick, it's, it's boke. That is just boke, and it makes me boke. It's like mm-hmm. it's that word of the, the day. Word of the day is boke, and it is full on like it's the green face emoji of just the idea mm-hmm. of is it which it won't be Rog sniffing her. He's got no nose. Is it biter? Biter oh. sniffs her, and Rog that is that is her. just disgusting. Just like, and, honestly, they're so disgusting. Why do people allow their existence? That's a note I've written in here. Why do people tolerate... I know, like, Tywin Lannister brought the Bloody Mummers, didn't he, over from Essos, was it? Were they from Essos? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know yeah, the he go, uses the them... The is from Cohor, right? He's Cohor. Yeah. And, like, he uses them as a weapon of war. I know this is a bit of a tangent. But... And even Rorge and Biter... Like, why do people, I just can't imagine, like, like, no one even likes Biter because he stinks like cheese. That's what it says in there. <laughs> they even put yeah. him at the end of a table to eat his dinner because he stinks like rotten cheese. Like, they're fucked up people. They are really awful. Like, why are, why do they even exist? 
That's so awful. These, these are the reasons to hate Tywin. So, yeah. like, Tywin is, you know, he killed the, the families that went against him. He does all these things. He was bad to his kids. But his worst things to me mm. are he empowers people that he knows to be evil mm. and gives them free reign and just yeah. lets them go. With, to very, with, with very loose directions. Yeah. Yep. This is the vision. Go do it however you want to do it. No yep. rules. And it's it's evil. Um, it's total evil. Completely. It's effective for him, but it's evil. So so they so all of these things creating this unstable situation for her kind of push her through this chapter toward this crisis of identity, toward making a choice to be who she is and kind mm. of firm that up and rediscover it instead of let it kind of fade away. And we'll get more to it in the next section, but it's it's very deftly set up by George that there are just these these complicated factors about her actual existence at Harrenhal mm. that make it completely untenable. And mm. she's very adult for being able to see it despite being 10. Yeah. That's and I've got, she's got to get out of it. She'll do whatever she's got to do. Mm. Yeah. I like the fact that she doesn't trust. She's got this instinctive lack of trust in the Boltons as well. She just yeah. knows. And I do wonder if that's like a bit of stark wolfy blood in there. She just knows mm -hmm. deep down that, that, the Bolt, like they're the Bolton. I think the Starks are the only family that have never married into the Boltons. Like they, the animosity runs so deep. Ran deep, yeah, for sure. Um, there, I think, because I think, I think all I the all the on that. yeah, all the northern houses have yeah. kind of the Starks kind of have married out and things like that. Mostly, I think, and I think the Starks are the ones who've li like literally never, because obviously marriage creates alliances. So there's. Zero. So I mean, because basically, you could pretty much say, like the Carstarks say it, don't they? That if you're killing Carstarks, if you chop off my head, Rob, doesn't Rick on Carstark say this? You're ki you're a kinslayer. Mm -hmm. I'm like basically yeah. anyone in the north can say you're a kinslayer because we've married into and I, you're my aunt's sister's brother's uncle. Well, the Carstarks um, actually started as a as a minor. Exactly, they were exactly. Yeah, but this, but, but the Boltons can never. The Boltons can feel free to murder Starks and never be accused of kinslaying because they have never been part of the Stark family. And I, I and like, vice versa. yeah, exactly. And I like that. I love that. I kind of has that just because in some ways I'm shouting, I say, please just tell someone like, your eyes not face just say, because then you can go home. But I'm really glad she doesn't because she'd probably be, she would probably be sold as the real Aya yeah. to marry Ramsey. Like they'd have well, a real Arya, you know. They, she does do it in a few chapters to someone she trusts much more, and she still doesn't get home, mm. right? I so know, Harwin. I, I think that's meant Harwin. to show yeah. us, like you made she, a really good choice back there. Yeah, <laughs> she does say that. There's one passage where she says she wished she'd told like Robert Glover mm. before he left. Oh yeah, he left too soon, and so, but yeah, the ones that she could probably trust, and I believe Robert would have done right by her. Yeah, probably. They would have uh, done, I think. Roos is in control. He might have taken her to Roos, right? Like, not out of any... Because he doesn't know any better. He's just like, well, he's the commander. It's his decision. Right? Yeah. right? So it's... I don't know. Hard to say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, this is interesting, though, that all this horror that we're reading about in Hall is being inflicted by Northmen, the mm -hmm. ones that we've been cheering for yep. really up until this point in the book. I was trying to look back and see if there are other instances where we realize that the Northmen were just as bad, many of the Northmen. 
as the Lannister forces. And I think this is the one that really drives it home. And it just kind of speaks to the plight of the small folk, which we've talked about mm. a lot on this podcast, that we're really driving home this point that there is evil on both sides. And the North are not necessarily the good guys. And uh, uh, yeah, we've kind I, of been cheering for them up to this point. And in many, in, for many of them, we can't. Mm. I it's definitely, topical. once the, yeah, sorry, once the, um, once the, the cast arcs and the, um... uh, yes, the, the, the car starts that def- the defect. You mean after uh, they murder Car Stark? After yeah. they murder the Eastwood? Yeah. Well, they I mean, defect that, and they melt into the woods and they become they, they become outlaws too. Yeah, basically they all become outlaws and the, the whole uh, the whole of the Riverlands is just beset with wolves and lions and no one can tell the difference. And, it's just awful. Yeah. To the small folk, it's yeah. just awful. I mean, the small I I the small folk. I yeah, you covered it before, but it is just like the worst world for them. I would never want mm-hmm. to be a small folk person. <laughs> it's, 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 it's and they culture. never get a break. Like it's literally just never. And also, fuck oh. Tywin. Like another thing that he does is he, like autumn summer is over, autumn is here, and what does he do? He burns all of their food. Like what the you dick, you absolute dick, Tywin. You know, yep. pardon yep. mon français, but you are a piece of shit because absolutely, like what that is just awful. Like, all these people are just going to starve and die, and you know, whatever. But, and for nothing because because you because your children can keep their hands off each other basically because <laughs> you know it's, which is another folk thing as well but yeah um yeah fuck you tyrant yeah aria's three wishes were all ended up kind of being wasted i'd totally mm. forgotten that uh the Northmen and the Bloody Mummers already had a chance, already had a plan to they take did. over Harrenhal. They that did. it was all part of the plan for mm-hmm. the Bloody Mummers. They'd already worked it out with them. They were going to bust them out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so Arya's weasel soup thing really wasn't completely necessary. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that's a what if episode idea for us, Skad. Yeah, what if, what if she'd used her three names on... Oh God, that would have been amazing. Might have mattered. Who do you think right? she should have got? Who would have been the three names? If you were I, uh, who would you have done? The Great I Other, Jockin, take him down. Yeah. Do you think Jockin would have been Tywin. able to do it? Like, because he'd have to go back to King's Landing, wouldn't he? He does say he it says might it. take six months. It yeah. might take oh, a year, okay. but I'll kill whoever you want me to kill. Yeah, Tywin. Mm. I mean. Yeah, I, time, time, I, I mean, time. three people isn't nearly enough. So now talk about <laughs> how what, how we talk about uh, how we talk about you know they're not really being a good side. And to me, it's it's even a little bit simpler than that. It's um, the Game of Thrones is evil. Mm. It, no one should be on the game. No one should be on the throne. The the war for the thrones just hurts everyone else and mm. not the people in power. And who do we need to kill with these three wishes? Tywin, Danny. Rob, Stannis, anybody Stannis. else that wants any sense of power at all, mm. because just mm. like real government, the only people that are attracted to power are exactly the people that you do not want to yeah. But I was trying and, to say, yeah. I said exactly the same thing to my kid the other day, because we were talking about uh, what's going on in Russia and Ukraine at the moment. And it's, it's a really weird concept, and it's but it's the same it's the same here as it is in... I know, I obviously, Groom is like a big hippie pacifist, and I, you know, 
lots of people think this is like just a basically an anti-war um mm-hmm. i mean ba- is this book going to turn out to be an anti-war socialist rant <laughs> like with know, others uh, with, with others with magic um yeah you know. sorta. that's where it falls apart for me is because there's this whole fantastical element of others and, and dragons mm-hmm. and stuff and that war yeah. has to be fought it starts in the prologue which i'll yeah. be covering at the first panel of ice and fire con mm-hmm. i'm excited for that um yeah. like but, in some uh, ways all of this is moot like everything everything in every chapter apart from the others anything to do with the others is moot because none of it really matters basically strange. all of this is a distraction from the most important thing and it which is that the army of the dead are marching and will march i wonder if they'll get mm-hmm. to harrenhal i think they might get to the, i mean I've and got a will lot. that undercut this whole anti-war message right because mm. we'll just forget about how powerful this was in clash and storm and feast mm. because this fantastical element takes over our brains right. when like maybe this is the real important message that george is trying to put out i don't know it's just a... i i like the idea of harrenhal to further this point, being symbolic of the emptiness of power. Mm, that there's that's great. This, that's fantastic. Yeah. This wow. huge, untenable situation in Harrenhal. You can't hold the castle. You can't keep it. You can't keep it up kept. <laughs> you can't. I mean, there's places in there that haven't been visited in 300 years, they say. Like, it's, they, you can't possibly hold Harrenhal. No and do anything effective with it. No. And its entire and, uh, purpose for being built, Matt, just to add to your point, was to be this beacon of power and mm. safety. And you can't. And, in, no. and it's it's been the exact opposite. No one can keep it. No, no one can hold it. No. Whoever gets there to like hold this power is corrupted or killed. And it's... Amabel says, Harrenhal pulls them all down wow. in the end. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's that's a big, huge statement that about horrible, this Game of Thrones. Rape and all threaty I love it. Bitch is right though. <laughs> you know, she is. She oh. may threaten to rape Arya with a broom handle, which is splintered and cracked. Oh. She says, but it's right though. Um, um, yeah, I think Harrenhal is one of the most interesting places in in the whole thing because it's. Like you say, it is completely impossible. You can, you need an ar- Everyone says you need an army to you li- like to even to garrison it. You can't even have like a like a basic, you know, like a few people just to watch the place. You would need an entire army of people. Yep. You can't. You can't. It would be a stupid. And then how place. do you feed them? How do you and feed? Then you'd have yeah. to feed them. <laughs> it's it's like a it's the stupidest place. I what I find what I like when I was reading about Harren Hall is that um, he, they say that he, that Harren the Black uh, used blood in the building of it. Mortar. In the mortar, yeah. yeah. Yeah, which is like the opposite of Winterfell and Storm's End and the Wall who have magic put in mm. there, um, sort of, which makes it difficult, you know, like that's why the wall can't be brought down. Why the whites can't like why Storm's End just like is the castle that sort of survived so much stuff in Storm and Stormbreaker is it Stormbreaker Bay? Do I mean that? Yep. Is that, is that what it's called? Yeah. Shipbreaker. For Storm's Shipbreaker End. Bay. Storm's End. It's quarter past six in the morning here, so my brain's gone a bit like woo. Um, uh, but yeah, I wonder if that's one of the reasons why it was easy to take down because it didn't have it had like Maybe. blood. It's got blood in it. Rather the wrong than, ingredients. The wrong ingredients. 
Do you think it was blood mm. magic he was trying to do, or just was he just such a fucked up weirdo who just was like, yeah, let's put blood in that. Yeah. I'm going for the latter. Yeah. Those those Ironborn are just pretty metal in general. I mean, so it's so I'm huge, just... they probably just ran out of actual building materials. They're like, use the people, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Harren Hall is people. Um, yeah. Yeah. Bit of, bit of people uh, paste. They say, they say that about, uh, was it asked for? Yeah. Uh, That's why the uh, bricks, and bricks and blood for people. Uh, the people. Or, yeah, yeah. yeah. I found out some really up. interesting things, though. I went down a, a rabbit hole. I went down an internet hole. That sounds rude. Um, when I was reading up about Harren Hall, because as always say it's by the God's Eye, mm-hmm. um, which is another reason why. I mean, everyone says it's cursed. Do you believe it's cursed? I mean, if it looks like a fish and it smells like a fish, and <laughs> <laughs> I, I think of the curse of Harren Hall somewhat like I think of prophecy. I think people mm. will it to be true, and and they become self fulfilling in some way. Mm, mm. Yeah, well, I was looking into it because obviously the, the the God's Eye has the Order of the Green Men on it, and I got I mm-hmm. went I went down a like I said an internet hole looking up Green Men and the origins of the Green Men mm-hmm. because I don't know if you know I don't know if you know like Green Men in uh, English and British uh, history is like a whole thing. Didn't know. Yeah, in um, the kind of folklore. It's like a massive thing, like Green Man. There's loads of pubs called the Green Man around here. Um, And um, so there's like loads of gods and stuff that are related to Green Men and stuff like that. So like the Egyptian god Osiris represented vegetation, rebirth and resurrection. I found really interesting. Um, And there was a guy called Lud. He was a, a, like a god, like not a god, he was like a king who was thought of as a green man. He's like a mythological king, basically, who's called the green man. And he had three plagues during his time as a mythological king in Britain, in in ancient Britain, around the time of Arthur. And he, one of those was um, stunted dwarf people living in his lands, taking over. Um, And so I was thinking, okay, that's sort of, children of the forest kind of vibes there and then another plague was uh dragons Mm. um that they then buried in a pit in a hill in wales in wales i don't know if you know wales but it's a very nice country that's how people speak when they're from wales um and then giants um so I, i found that really weird i was like oh my god like these weird things and i just wondered how much grim like did he know about this did he i bet he did yeah, because he's got a lot of mythology in there as well. Um, Makes you want to go to the the Gurm. Gurm yeah. said, "What was it called?" Gurm speaking. Gurm speaking. Mm. Yeah, I bet he did. Yeah, but yep. it's just really interesting, and I found it like cool that the, and, and, that is cool. Um, but and we know George. We know George leans on the history stuff a lot. So mm. yeah, I bet he did. I mean, it wouldn't stun me at all. Right. Should we get Should we get to know Steph a little bit? Do we have more? Do we have point. more in this section here? Or there's, nothing, you... there's nothing to know. <laughs> uh, I doubt it. Well, our first question is always very vague, and just to, to get you talking about yourself a little bit. Who are you? What do you do? What What drives you, Steph? Who am I? I am a lady. Um, not a lady, so to speak. Um, 
Um, I am, well, the boring answer is my, my job, probably. Um, although when I was thinking about this question, I realised how difficult it was because I feel like mm -hmm. I've lived a sort of patchwork quilt type life. Um, Lovely. Which makes, which I was like, oh God, when I was thinking about it, now I say it, it kind of sounds like a kind of um, nice sort of wholesome version of a, the human centipede, doesn't it? <laughs> Patchwork <laughs> <person>. <laughs> For um, those of you who don't know, the human centipede is never. Mind. <laughs> um, so yes, yeah, so I'm a writer now, um, and um, I write lots of things. I uh, write lots about food. I am just about to start uh, writing in the local, the, our local newspaper, a food column. Um, mm, oh, awesome! Because I have managed to, I have an addiction to uh, cookbooks, so I have. Um, uh, over 300 of them um and no way. yeah um they're kind of taking over <laughs> the house a bit i mean i've got loads of books you like think? the bookshelves in my house like take so over. when you move to scotland it's like <laughs> one moving truck has everything in the house and then one moving the truck, truck has, has all the, the cookbooks, cookbooks. <laughs> yeah basically um most of the boxes were books and most of those books were cookbooks i read i read them like they're books uh i'll actually read them cover to cover i love them Wow. Um, That's fascinating. I just. I've yeah. never met anyone that does that. But they're so interesting. And I love, you know, like I love food writing in general, people writing. I love food cultures and how kind of cultures meet. Um, like how you can just basically mm. see all these similar things. Because a lot of the cookbooks I buy are kind of international. And you can see how these, like, how every culture's food kind of meets and there's all these similarities and you're just kind of like, we're all one, we're all together. We all have the same mm, things. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. It's a nice thought. Yeah. I mean, I have a few nice thoughts from time to time interspersed in the filth and the swearing. Um, yeah. So I'm a writer and I love food and I write a lot about food. I'm also, I'd like to be an author and be published. Um, it's been not the easiest the last few years because I don't know if you know this, there was like a pandemic. I don't know if you know about I heard. that. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. And so uh, and it's been really good to get back to it. My kids are back at school now and it's been amazing. I'm on my third novel. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. Um, which is a historical crime novel set in the 1970s. And the 1920s as well. Ooh, time traveling killer? Yeah, well, kind of. It's like if someone is trying to solve a mystery that happened in the 1920s. Oh, okay. She's moved. Oh, I see. This woman has moved into. It's based on. I moved, I moved into an old police house. So they used to have these things oh. when the police were invented in, in the UK. You'd have these little cottages that were like a police house. Um, it's where the little police would like look after the village or whatever. And I moved into mm. one, and it used to have like prison cells in it. <laughs> it was weird. Obviously, they didn't Ooh, have that any. Is creepy. Yeah. Um, and I moved just, into a haunted house. Is what you're I, yeah, basically, I moved into a haunted house. Uh, the people used to rattle the chains and stuff. Um, and I thought it'd be really interesting. What if you discovered an old? So basically, in the story, the woman discovers some old papers from fifty years before and tries to solve the murder. That was unsolved from back then. That's she cool. Discovers these Love it. So, is there cool. any plans to uh, to to self publish or anything like that? Any way to get that out there? Yeah, or? I mean, you know, actually, self publishing nowadays is 
it used to be kind of frowned upon, but these days I know people who are mm-hmm. really successful with it. I've got no, I've got no really? problems. So with my that. sister started. Yeah. I don't know the first thing about it, but uh, I just know I'd love to read that. So cool. I'd love well, to get my hands on it somehow. Yeah. And I'm sure others would too. Thank you. Well, I didn't always used to be a writer, and I, like I said, I used to be a music teacher and mm-hmm. teach teach kids, big kids. Um, I studied music at university. I know so your music is a big part of your life. Yeah. Um, that Relatable. Was my, that was my first love. Um, yeah. And I studied singing. I also did a bit of the violin, but I really hated the violin. I only played that because I had to. <laughs> no one likes the violin, let's be honest. Yeah, it's okay. We all hate Come on. Come on. <laughs> I used to practice yeah. it and just be like, I just want to snap my bow in half. <clears throat> um, well, it sounds like I, yeah. I love hearing this creative side of you. You're a writer. You're a musician. I don't Share know. that with children through teaching. Yeah. It's, it's super cool. I love that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, did I? I mean, it was teenagers going, oh, I don't want to do this. So it's not even like, it's, that was like the least creative As thing. As one of those teenagers, stuff does. <laughs> Why do I have to learn this though? Uh, that was what it was it like. Stick. Yeah. So, okay. yeah. So I did that for a really long time. And I still love education, but I just don't want to be a teacher anymore because I didn't like being sworn at all the time and making up fights. That was not so much fun. Um, now I'm a writer. I quit my job. I moved to Paris for a bit. Um, yeah, you know, nice. um, lived in Montmartre in, in the artists area. That was fun. Um, became a social media manager. This is what I mean by like, I'm a kind of like, a yeah, it's very, you're right. It's just kind of, your hands are all <laughs> So I basically have like never, I just think I've just like never settled on anything, but I think I've settled on writing. I just love it. I settled Still on trades, it. Though. Yeah. Wonderful. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel I think that's two in a row. Manny was kind of the same way with our last guest, just kind of doing t- just lots of different experiences in lots of areas. Getting I love that it. experience and it's yeah, so different than my own. Like too. I, I just marvel at that. Like just taking the chances to try all these things. I'm like, no way. I need to be stable. Do the same thing. Just that's keep going. Us, yeah. Just mm-hmm. keep knocking down the tiles or whatever the metaphor is. Well, I that's why I became a teacher because I was like, no, I want. I studied music, like music, like it's like a I'm never going to get a real job with that. My mum was right. I should have studied something else. She's like, you can't go to study that. What kind of job will you get? Obviously, never. I hope my mum doesn't hear this because um, I can't, obviously can't have mission right. right. <laughs> she yeah. was right. She's a Davos Fingers listener. Yeah. Don't study music, kids, because you'll not get a real job afterwards. Um, especially, I graduated into the economic crash of 2000 and whatever it was. So that was fun. Um, oh yeah. yeah well i didn't graduate yeah i graduated in 09 so nice yep nice i feel that yeah it was really great you're like oh (laughs) you can't have a job great thanks Mm -hmm. um so i became a teacher which was also shit because cool i mean i also do loads of other things like i do activism and stuff um yeah let's talk a little bit about that tell us about that yeah um well i um i do quite a bit um like political activism i kind of just get like quite angry about things i don't know if you guys do especially these days and especially since (laughs) i've had kids i think that really drives me as well because you have kids and you just get really angry about the world and you're like i can't accept this (laughs) i can't can't accept this shitty state of shit yeah Yeah. i Mm -hmm. i do i feel that I think I just feel powerless to do anything. And I don't know if that's the laziness talking. Mm. 
but I usually just drink more when I get. You know, <laughs> I but I can't. Oh, I just can't do. I I think I don't know. Whether, I went to a Catholic primary school, right? And I think that like just the whole thing of like, and I'm not a Catholic, but the whole thing of if you don't do the right thing, you're gonna go to hell. It's just still oh, there mm-hmm. in the back of my head, and mm-hmm. I can't. I can't. I'm upset. I don't believe in hell, and I'm. I don't think I'm gonna go to hell. But it's just like that. That that thing. That's just this voice in the back of my head like you can't I can't just sit there if there's something awful happening I just cannot I can't just sit there and do nothing can't like Arya watching her father get beheaded it's like yeah. imprinted on you like although I probably yeah but I wouldn't go out and murder people like her that's not my bad sure it's a yeah. different world you're in a different that's, world yeah I mean yeah and you're yeah. not nine and I'm not nine no but the yeah, a lot of the stuff I do is like with the justice system um, and because the UK justice system is completely fucked up, um, and a complete mess, um, uh, I just got into it because I, um, because I was, I was a survivor of sexual violence and then went through a court case and, uh, mm. the guy, the perpetrator went to prison for 11 years and, um, but the whole thing was just a complete mess like the whole the whole way through and then even afterwards because I don't know what it's like in the states um but in the UK once you've won a not won a court case I don't win but you know what I mean he was found guilty yeah you don't feel like a victory yeah but but it's like um, the you get you're supposed to be looked after by people as a as a as a victim of crime especially certain crimes and there's supposed to be people who inform you of things like parole and um okay Sure. And um, like, if they're gonna go to, if they're trying to, what's the word? You want to win it back again? What's that word? Come on, I'm a writer, when but I can't to, think of words. When you want appeal, to appeal. That's oh, the word. Like appeal. Appeal. Yeah. So if they okay. want to appeal, and it was a complete mess. They lost my file. I didn't hear anything about it for years. They got his sentence wrong. They were nearly released him two years early, and um, uh, I just was like, I can't leave this. <laughs> yeah there there was a complete mess and so basically fought with i went to like i basically fought with the justice system of the uk to like completely undo the mess and got um like met with like the people who work with the mayor of london and um uh uh got them to set up victim forums and do stuff with restorative justice and um, because it was just, wow. it was a, because it was just completely, but it's, it was a complete mess. And I was just like, I can't not do something about it because the way, like, like I've, I've paraphrased it a lot, but they really, really, really messed up because the perpetrator did try to appeal, but I didn't know about it. And then I ended up going to court mm-hmm. alone. Um, I mm. was pregnant with my second kid just in court by myself and there should have been people with me. And there was sure. so much stuff that just went the way that the system works as they're supposed to be with you. They're supposed to be looking after you and they just didn't. And I just, just thought didn't. I can't leave it. Like the next person who comes along needs something better. If this was my kids, they need something better. Obviously in an ideal world, no one would be a victim of any crime. There wouldn't in, be a need for that. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I just think the thing, I, I went to a really interesting lecture and someone said, I've been sitting on this old shitty chair all day. And this is like, the justice system it's like it's sort of it's a chair i can sit in it 
but it's uncomfortable it's not really fit for purpose mm -hmm. anymore we need to i need a new we need something new um so it's uh yeah it was built hundreds of years ago maybe it needs yes. to be replaced or at yeah. least readdressed readdress something no it's still the chair yeah, yeah. <laughs> ridiculous yeah. ridiculous oh, good for you i love hearing that Steph. Mm. Sorry, it's all like born serious from a lot of hardship stuff. and adversity. Yeah. Born from a lot of hardship and adversity, but turning around and making it better for the future. Yeah, but I'm really just, but I'm an annoying person, and I will not give up. <laughs> so, That's I'm an irritating. That tenacity is active. Yeah. So I think sure. one of your questions is what drives you, and it's like a sheer fuck you. That's my. I, I will. Yeah. That's it. That's my. It can that's be. My it can be a powerful motivator. That I mean can be mm. well what's what's something you're proud of that you've done or oh that's a terrible question to ask anyone from this island because we're all like oh i've never done anything and i've just done oh, just that's why we ask it i know that's why it's we awful ask it. it's a horrible you horrible dig horrible and find and be able to pat yourself on the back oh uh, yeah i would never answer any of the questions we ask if they uh, ask these questions what are you proud of um uh i i mean i'm really proud of my children I mean, that sounds like the, mm -hmm. but they're great. And oh, that's wonderful. I love hearing that. Um, I mean, they're annoying. They're annoying as shit. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. um, they are mm -hmm. the worst, but also I love them and they're, they're, yeah, they're amazing and incredible. And I, yeah, I'm quite proud of them, but I can't really take credit for that. I don't think. Um, I'm, Some. Yeah. yeah. You I don't know. take your fair share of credit for them. Yeah, you absolutely can. I just sort of sit there in the background, yeah. hiding in the toilet. Um, that's that's my main <laughs> word. Yeah, there. word. It's the only where, it's the only place there's a lock on the door, so you just hide there in there. Is there a wordle out yet, or what else? Yeah. Oh yeah, wordle and worldle. I like that one because I love maps, man. I fucking love maps. Like. <laughs> Steph, um, throw out a recommendation for us. You've, you've talked a little bit about some of the shows you're watching right now and everything, but a book, a band, a movie, a TV show. What should we be checking out? I don't know. I'm really behind on everything. I, I, okay. I'm terrible at like watching. I always watch things like a few years. I don't like to watch things while everyone else is watching them. Word. Um, so right I'm like, I'll, I'll watch it later. Don't want to watch it because you're all it's talking all about died it. down and absolutely no one yeah. cares to talk about it anymore. Exactly. You're like, yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready to talk about this now. Come on, guys. <laughs> yeah, like we've moved on. We've moved on to something better. Um, mm -hmm. But I think book-wise, because I love a book. Um, yes. There's there is a writer who no one has ever heard of, and I love him. Um, and I've, I've just said that now, and you're going to be like, oh, I love him too. So you're just going to prove me wrong. <laughs> um, and you have, if you do say it, you have to say it like that. You have to say, I love him too. Um, okay. Yeah. I'm ready. Um, or if you don't, you go, I've never heard of that geezer. Um, so let's play. Have you heard of this guy? Um, it's the game show. Um, his name is Jasper Ford. I've never heard of that geezer. I've also never heard of that geezer. <laughs> Um, well, you've never heard of that geezer. He is great. Um, he does. It's like fan, it's fantasy. Um, okay. um, and he writes some really fun stuff. He's written loads of series. Um, and one of them is the. It's called the Thursday Next series. Because hmm. uh, the protagonist is called Thursday Next, oh. and it is. I kind of picture it as a fantasy novel for people who love books and fantasy novels because 
um, the it's like set in an alternate you like reality uh, in 1985. Um, nice, good year. Britain, yeah, yes, the year I was born. Um, Look at us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're the coolest kids on top. All right, um, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so it's set in 1985. Britain is still at war with Russia for the Crimea. It's been going on for hundreds of years. Um, there are weird sort of police... Uh, there's like specialist police forces that she's part of. She's in the Literatech and they report crimes to do with li the literary crimes. I know that sounds like really boring, but her dad is a rogue uh, time cop. He can travel through time and he's rogue. Yeah. He's gone rogue. He's, he's on the run. He's on the lam. Um, and she is investigating a stolen manuscript and uh, there's a major baddie called Hades, obviously, Acheron Hades, um, mm -hmm. and uh, who also steals her uncle, her uncle Mycroft. Lots of Louis references there. Mycroft, you get that one? Sherlock Holmes, Mycroft. Mm. Oh, I never read Sherlock. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, did you watch the TV show? Now that you mentioned Benedict, Benedict Cumberbunch. Um, uh, <laughs> He, yeah, so her, her uncle Mycroft has invented a machine which allows you to go into books. Oh, that's so awesome. Go, so you can go into stories and uh, Acheron Hades, this is the first book, Acheron Hades steals that invention, kidnaps Jane Eyre from the book Jane Eyre, and then, <laughs> and then uh, Thursday has to get her back in there and protect her, but it's written in the first person, so she has to protect her without ever being seen, otherwise she'll be written into the story. Oh, crazy. Um, that's cool. And then she cool decides angle. to, yeah. And then there's loads of other books where she stays within the books and she joins the literary police force within books called Juris Fiction. And, um, and she has to go and like police books inside the books. All right, so she I'm has intrigued. to go and like, I'm picking it up. Yeah. Thursday next. Sure you sold, you sold me. That's got enough layers yeah. and it's interesting. I'm, I'm yeah, it is it. really interesting. It's really Jasper. fun. Ford. Yeah. O-R-D-E. Two That's Fs. That's the one. Two Fs. Yeah. And there's another book series where there's only one book has come out and basically everyone who's a big fan of the Ford, the Ford man is like, please, will you just bring out the sequel? We're all dying. I think it may even be longer than the wait for Winds of Winter. Oh, actually. Oh no. um, and, oh. and it sounds wrong, but it's called Shades of, of Grey. Not 50. <laughs> Shades of Just gray. Shades. Just Shades of Grey. An unidentified, unspecified amount of shades. Yes. Yeah, and that one's cool. That's another alternate reality where people have lost their ability to see colour. Mm. Um, gotcha. And, like, an event has happened. People have lost their ability to see colour, except for they all get one colour that they can see. And there's a hierarchy of world built on what colours you can see. And the purples are the tops. And people who can't see any colour are the greys at the bottom. And it's like a ter it's like a dystopian, like there's a mystery of what the fuck's going on, and it turns out there's all kinds of weird shit happening, and it's really awesome and cool, and I love it. And um, and the main character can see red, so you can see all the red things. So you can only see red. Everything else is grey, but anything wow. that's red, he can see. He can see the red stuff. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, well, good to know. Those sound good. Yeah. Okay. Both, both of those sound good. We Getting back to our, our own for unfinished series. Let's talk about this chapter. Why? Why do you? Why do you love? Why do you love this chapter? 
in uh, the unfinished and we're begging for more the song of ice and fire um i mean uh i love Arya. i think she's a really interesting character uh i mean you can say that, that's a really bland answer because you can say that about anyone really in this book um i i kind of i like badass female characters and anything so i really like brienne um i feel like i is a bit of a she's i when i played um uh, I did a Star Wars D&D for two years, did a Star Wars D&D campaign, and my character was named Staya, because it was st, st from Stark, plus Aya, just <laughs> swapped. Um, it's also Staya. like the original Luke Starkiller, right? Star. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, I, I just think she's a really badass, amazing character. I really like her character journey. I think a lot of the characters that... George is writing in this. Um, they are they are trying to find their identity. Whereas I think Aya knew her identity. She knew who she was straight away at the beginning. She was like, I know that I'm Aya Stark. I'm, I'm I'm a wolf. I'm this, and she's gradually losing it. I find that that idea that she's trying to, she's yeah. she's losing herself as she goes along. But there's this tiny little bit of her that just she can't let go. I love. Her connection to Needle and Jon Snow, um, and that she she just can't quite give up who she is, um, and I really want to know where she's going and what her journey's going to be like. I find her Mercy chapter is completely messed up. <laughs> I can't. It's, it's, it's just it's uh, just nuts. Yeah. yeah, it is. Um, and I'm very excited for that. I mean, and also the other reason I love this chapter is because I'm obsessed with the Red Wedding. I love, um, mm-hmm. I just, mm-hmm. it's such an interesting, I mean, obviously I don't love the Red Wedding because it's awful. And the chap, that chapter where Kat is, I mean, it's just awful. Um, um, but the mach, the machina, is it machinations? Machinations? I can't machinations. Say it. Machinations. The whole thing, because like, I, I would read all the chapters again and again to go, when did it begin? Who had this? Like, That's I mean, we've I talked about too. it. Yeah. It's yeah, like, who had the start. idea? Where did this all start? Where does it go back to? Mm-hmm. When did someone start thinking about this? And can I like finding all the little clues that just are plonked around in the place where you think, where did this terrible, awful event? And I and I love the effect, the fact that it has an effect throughout the rest of the books, that it's so... It's not just this thing that happens. I mean, really, it's so offensive to gods, to men, to like guest right. It, it it completely messes up. I love how it messes up the phrase and the Boltons and, and it ends up with this, I like the Grand Northern conspiracy about like, we're going to take them down because of what they did at the Red Wedding. Like it's, right. it's, it's, it, it's such a, I feel like it's such a pivotal point. And I just love this chapter because it starts to bring it to the fore and you start thinking what, what is Ruth Bolton up to and why is he naked having leeches on himself. <laughs> so. Absolutely. Well, let's dive back into it. Before we do that, we got to give a quick shout out to our patrons. Uh, so we'll go ahead and do that. First of all, we have a couple of new Dirty Cab Driver patrons. The first one is the minor character extraordinaire. And an enemy spy, master of dungeons and lord of dragons. Lindsay F., uh, Little Wolf Bird. K.W. Dent, Batman of the Seven Kingdoms. The heir of House Tyrell. This one. Mr. J, the red shirt in black. The Bar of Legends, Aaron M. Gib. 
Ghost Chase Killer. Bobby S. Jeff H. And of course, Lady Fatass Red. And at our reach around level, we have B Word, the Queen Beyond the Wall. And the Mixed Mage of the Wolfswood. And lastly, at our Team Gun level, we have Misa, our Queen of Gifts and Beauty. Thank you to all of you patrons at the Dirty Cab Driver level and up, and to all of our patrons in general for your support. We appreciate you very much and look forward to delivering more stuff to you in the months to come. Yeah. And hey, I've just noticed that Steph's camera is getting gradually brighter, which means morning <laughs> is dawning. The, the sun, sun is coming is up. Coming. Yeah. So let's jump to this uh, second half of the chapter. Let's do it. Because this is where the fun stuff happens. As she finishes her work, she goes to the godswood and uses a broken broomstick as a sword, slashing at leaves, reeling off her kill list. Sir Gregor, Dunson, Poliver, Raph the Sweetling, the Tickler, the Hound, Sir Illyn, Sir Marin, Queen Circe, and then... Joffrey! 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 She adds, thrusting hard at an oak and grunting. When she finishes, she walks to the heart tree, salutes, and adds the words, Valor Morghulis. She returns to the castle and spies a raven arriving. She hopes it to be from Rob with good news, and then wishes she had wings to fly and see all the things from old man's stories. Dragons, sea monsters, even the titan of Bravos. Roos returns later with nine dead wolves. He wants their skins for his supper from the kitchens, where she spices wine for him. Hot Pie behaves sullenly with her, and Arya wonders if he's scared of her, or if he hates her now. Arya takes Roos Bolton, his meal of his meal and hypocrites, lights his candles, and build up, builds up the courage to ask if he will take her with him when he leaves Harrenhal. He does not like being questioned by a serving girl, but answers her anyway. He is to leave Harrenhal to Vargo Hote when he goes. And Nan, Arya, is to remain here with Hote. She risks the wrath of Roos by nearly saying more, clearly wanting to protest her dislike at being left with Hote the goat. She's dismissed, though, and she leaves. She does not return to her bed, however. Once more, she returns to the godswood, passing Harrenhal's wailing tower where the Freys are encamped. Angry voices can be heard, coming from the window. Men are arguing. Once more, Aya sees Elma Frey outside. What's wrong? She asks him. He replies that the Freys have been dishonored. Earlier, a bird had arrived from the twins, and Elmar will no longer be marrying a princess. They exchange crosswords, for Arya is grieving about her brothers and doesn't care for his lost, stupid princess. Back in the godswood, she finds her broomstick and carries it to the heart tree. Tell me what to do, you gods. She prays, looking into the red eyes of the weirwood. There's no sound but wind and water. At first. Then comes the long and lonely howl of a wolf. Arya gets goosebumps and feels dizzy, and she thinks of her father's words. When the snows fall and the white winds blow, the lone wolf dies, but the pack survives. But Arya has no pack, she laments. She has no siblings. Now she's not even Arya. She is Nan. But then she remembers. She has the wolf blood. She will be as strong as Rob, she vows. Aya takes her broomstick and breaks it with a loud crack. I am a dire wolf and done with wooden teeth. Very strong. But she takes all that energy and just goes to bed. And in bed <laughs> that night, she lies thinking before slipping out and leaving the Kingspire Tower. She finds the forge and finds Gendry to ask him for a sword. Not for Roos. No, but for her. 
She also wants him to leave with her, and warns him that the Mummers are soon to be in charge of Harrenhal. And Vargo Hoot, he's got a thing for chopping off feet. <laughs> she also wants hot pie, and for him to bring food for their escape. They're to meet behind the Tower of Ghosts. Arya goes back to her room and dresses carefully, wearing the sigil of House Bolton on her tunic. Making her way past Roos's solar, she goes in and takes the sheepskin map she saw earlier, as well as Roos's dagger. Lying to a stable boy, Arya takes three horses and leads them across the castle towards the Tower of Ghosts to, hopefully, meet Gendry and Hot Pie. She waits. She sharpens her dagger. Finally, she hears them coming. There's a guard on the postern gate, but Arya tells Gendry and Hot Pie that she will deal with him if they look after the horses. Going to the guard, Arya feels as though Yorin, Jock and Hagar, and Cyril Forel walk beside her. She approaches the guard, a Northman, telling him Roose Bolton has sent her to give each of the guards a silver coin. Clutching the coin Jockin gave her, she holds it out and lets it slip through her fingers. The man leans forward, bending to pick up the coin, cursing her. And while he's on his knees, Arya takes the dagger and slits his throat. Alamogulis, she whispers as he dies. Once more, she takes her coin and hears another wolf howl. Gendry and Hotpoy Hot Hot <laughs> join her, and they leave through the postern gate as the freshly falling rain washes the blood of the guardsmen off her fingers. Oh, that line's so powerful, right? Mm. It's no matter. The The rain will wash them clean again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that goes back to that callousness of... I know. She's developing a very... It um, it's like, uh, what do they call it when you're just like... Meh. It's like a psychological word. You're just shutting down. Oh, I think meh. it's just called... Meh. I think that's what it's called. Meh. <laughs> Yeah. But I know what you mean. It's like being like able to... Like shield. I do not see uh -huh. this. <laughs> do that and then move forward. Like, right? disassociate. She's like, just go and I don't, mm -hmm. I can't, I'm not, this is not, this is like another person's done that. Not me. Um, or something. She just has no, yeah. Yeah, She's developing an, e an ease with it, definitely. She so certainly, no, no, you're good. I, th I think she certainly... Yeah, ease is an interesting word. I think I think she's okay with the fact that she'll do this when she needs to, and she's it's not. A legitimate it's a legitimate option available. To yeah, her. it's a legitimate right. troubleshooting option. You know, press re <laughs> press restart to see if it fixes the sound on your computer. Mm. Right, like she's. Willing I need to, to get do through it. that gate. This is the easiest way to do it without being noticed. Exactly, and the rain line to me <laughs> is an extension of that. She's just saying, "Look, mm. it's blood. It was required for my restart." I needed to, I need to, to get, to get out of here and start a new life in a different way, away from all of these troubles that are coming down on me. And this is part of it. And the sun will come up and the rain will wash it away. And this is my life. Right. The rain will wash the blood away tomorrow. tomorrow. <clears throat> um, yeah. I mean, she literally is orphan Annie, isn't she? Or um, coin at the ground and slit throats. <laughs> <laughs> um, I find what is amazing though. I've just thought she is constantly banging on. I don't know if you have that phrase. She's banging on about. Um, uh, the, yeah, we use it differently. Really? What's that? What? Oh, banging. Okay. 
I got a fanging. Fangarang. Um, for those who don't understand, they're talking about sex, everybody. Um, That's what we I do presume. here. Yes. Um, but yes, but banging on here is like constantly talking about, she's mm-hmm. she's banging on to uh, the Brotherhood Without Banners and anyone who listened that the Hound kills Micah. Mm-hmm. And and he does. And it's pretty awful. And it is oh, yeah. like, it's pretty fucked up really actually, um, how he hunts him down. But she... I know she killed the stable boy in King's Landing because basically it was do or die. Yep. Um, she's now been responsible for the death of a lot of people, and now she's kind of just slit a guy's throat. Um, yeah. And but then she beats the brother without banners, and I don't. She kind of says, "Yeah, but the hound killed Micah," and I don't. don't she never kind of thinks, "Oh yeah, but I killed like some people too." Is that bad? Yeah. Like it never. I just feel yeah. like it never comes up in her mind, like. It's a Should good observation. I, I mean, I, especially I think... with this guard. This guard did nothing to her. I know he's a Bolton man, but still, you know. are not wrong. I, I think in the fandom, a lot of people justify it because there's a very different power dynamic in the mm. the way that, oh, yeah, that Sandor is killing people and the way that she is. It's kind of like a last resort for her survival, whereas for the Hound, it's just taking orders. But again, you can argue that the Hound is doing what he has to to survive mm. as well. He can't mm. ignore orders like that. He could have, no. in the case of Micah, he didn't have to kill him. And I think no, that's it's a, it's a stark difference we can draw between the way Arya's killing and the way Sandor is. But it is, I think your point is very valid. She is for sure giving herself allowances for what is straight up murder that she does not mm. give to other people. And no. that's scary. And that's what makes her a good candidate for to be a faceless man too. Yeah. Which also um, kind of scary. Although she often tries to justify it with the faceless man. Like when she gives, is given her first guy to poison she i think she's got to go and observe like, him first as cat of the canal she's like he's an evil man and he's a poopoo head and i don't like him and she yeah. is kind of uh, looking for reasons to justify yeah, yeah and they're like right. well you don't have to right. because you know we're paid to kill him it's and she job, yeah. she kills is it dayron day dayron dayron darian that's it um because Darian. he yeah. quit the knights the night's watch Mm-hmm. Um, deserted, kind of deserted, yep. and just starts doing stuff, um, mm-hmm. getting up to no good, banging on, as you might say, banging on, the banging, banging on, on. And, and that's um, you're right though. That's an extension of the I'm allowed to kill thing. It's mm-hmm. I'm allowed to kill to survive. I'm allowed to kill to get my friends out of here, and I might not survive if I don't. You know, to mm. with with Darren, uh, Darian, it's I'm allowed to kill because that's what Jon Snow would do. Because he deserted the Night's Watch, and I'm just an extension yeah. of justice. Right. Or I can yeah, kill for even justice. Eddard, right? Yeah, right. Or Eddard. Well, oh. it's Northern justice. I'm a Stark, so I get to do this. Mm, yeah, I. It's it's a very weird uh, double double think double state double whatever it is like mm-hmm. Orwellian. Like she one on the one hand is horrified by what the Hand did, but on the other hand, just happy to go killing. Yeah, and we see that she gets more almost kind of diabolical in her killing in that mercy chapter that you oh mentioned. God, yeah. yeah. Right? Like so it's it's not getting any better. <laughs> no, and she does that whole thing <laughs> of can't you can't you walk or what is it? Like like the are you gonna walk? Can't you walk? Do you need help? Like she acts mm-hmm. out a scene. It's like a full like a ba- like a real baddie, like in like an action movie, just given like a yeah. line at the end. Um you know, it's she 
she's is, i mean is she turning into a psycho or what is you know or is well, she redeemable for that is, for, can she get this back for that mercy scene she's reenacting the lami scene right i know yeah right. exactly and so and so, so but yeah you're right it's it's it it goes from kill to survive kill because this seems dangerous kill to deliver justice kill to deliver revenge Right. Right. Yeah. That's, it's very different from just, I need to kill this Northman. So I'm going to quietly slit his throat. Just yeah. yeah. Gets right. done. Yeah. She's, she's, cause she's only, I know that there was meant to be a five year gap and everything, but she's still only what, maybe 12 in the yeah, Mercy chapter. I was going to say probably still early preteenish. Yeah. Yeah. She's 11 or 12. And so she's like Between. seducing this guy. I mean, there's, there's a lot about that chapter that is really uncomfortable. You're going, mm-hmm. Oh, this is gross. And I know that they like, they, Starting young in Westeros and yep, Essos, sure. it's which is gross, um, um, and is, uh, is and which is really, bleh. um, but she's she's young and she's seducing this man to man. lure him Yuck. to his death, and then reenacts a scene where he's killed another person, and it's really disturbing very mm-hmm. very disturbing it's a whole new what what's next for her i mean what what's the next step <laughs> Where yeah, where's this is gonna she, end up yeah as we see her kind of walking down these steps of being this path of being overtaken by the need for vengeance is mm. she as you both talked about going to be able to maintain that aria identity mm. that has been so important to her starting out mm. or is she actually moving further away from it Mm. Well, she, I mean, she's still got needle though. I mean, and that's, I think, going to be crucial. That's kind of an anchor for her. Mm. Needle is, uh, what does she say? I I should know the quote, but needle was Jon Snow. Needle Needle is Jon Snow. It was Um, the snow in Rob's hair or something like that. The snow in Rob's hair. So it's a really beautiful thing. And you're just like, oh, God, I just want you to, I want someone just to help her, just someone to give her a hug and take her under her wing and just say, it's all. It's all good, man. You know, um, you don't have to do this. I do wonder what Ned would say if, you know, what what would he say if he was still around um, to Arya? If, if they, That's an interesting they question. Been yeah. What would his... Because I think Kat... I mean, I find it interesting that Arya thinks she can't go back to Kat. Remember, I think when she's travelling with the Brotherhood, she's worried... She worries about that. Would she, she want worries would she even about take it that, me back? Yeah. Will she even take me back after everything that I've done? And even at that point, she's, you know, in lots of ways, we can almost justify the, the killings that she's done because, she, you know, almost because it's like to survive, she needs to do this, blah, blah, blah. And you're kind of like, she won't. Absolutely. She, she'll just take you and she'll hug you and she'll blah, blah, blah. But, uh, what, you know, what would she do if she bumped into Ned and Kat as Mercy? Yeah. Like, yep. you know. Yeah, I, th- I think... There are some parallels with Bran here too. Uh, we talk mm. a lot about Bran and the, you know the the seeming dark path that he's going down without some sort of parental supervision. You asked mm. the question, Matt, about Arya and maintaining her her sense of identity. I've argued forever that she's not going to lose it. She has it too strongly, and there are points where mm. she's about to lose it, and she has moments like this in a where in the weirwood tree where she kind of bucks up and figures it out and remains herself. I hope. And doesn't lose it. Yeah. But what? But the troubling thing is. Just because you don't lose your identity doesn't mean you don't add to it. And so I think mm. she's maintaining her stark identity 
and she's adding on to it all of these things. And guess what parents do? Parents adjust for you when you're adding things to your personality that aren't good. She doesn't have any of that, just like Bran mm-hmm. doesn't. And so she's adding all of these things like vengeance and justice that is misapplied and all of these things that she's just adding on and no one's telling her no. I'm not blaming no her for it. I'm not yeah. saying, you know, we should come down on her for it. I'm just saying she doesn't know any better and she's adding them to her personality and her identity. She's still she keeping the Stark stuff. She's going to keep the Stark stuff forever. She's going to have those memories forever. She's going to be a Stark forever. She's going to remember John tussling her hair forever. Those aren't going away for her, in my opinion. Mm. But she is adding really dangerous shit to change what being a Stark really is because she's, you know, one of the few ones left, right? And so I think it's scary. Bran's doing the same thing. He doesn't know any better, and he's doing some pretty scary shit that if parents or somebody were there to kind of guide him a little bit i don't think he'd be doing it mm. right well, it's an extension of that kind of i love you know because she's still a child and she says oh that's stupid i think i counted like three or four stupids in this chapter <laughs> yeah um she likes and, that word for sure yeah uh i feel like it's what you're saying is it's an extension of as a kid justice is so i mean justice is important anyway i'm talking to someone who fights for justice but like as in that sense, sense of, of injustice, a yeah. sense of fairness of he took my Lego and oh my god, my my kids go like oh he looked at me. It's like okay, well he's got eyes, he's gonna look at you. I I don't know what to do about that. Look at him, but back. it's like a yeah, like just ignore him. Um, you know, um, it's there's a real sense of that kind of. And then when she's arguing with Sansa about what happened in the Riverlands with Joffrey uh, by the Trident, like she's so angry. And it's that sense of, it's not fair because Sansa did this. And it's not fair because she lied about that. And it's so clear cut. And Ned tries to explain, well, it's it was a difficult situation. Sansa was had the king and the queen talking to her. And she is in a different, could she have told the thing about her betrothed husband? You know, it's, it was, a, there's a gray area here. Like, um, I find it's like the Stark sigil is a gray direwolf, isn't it? And the colours are grey, white and black. And it's like there's white and there's black and there's truth and there's lies. But then there's also like they're the kind of very plain, simple colours. But in the middle there's this grey direwolf where we understand <laughs> things are not simple. And um, he tries to explain and it kind of calms things down for her. And that's when he talks about Syria Pharrell and we're going to get you to train this and you're like Liana. And that's what parents do isn't it they kind of you bring it down and you kind of explain you try to explain that the world is complicated and it's better when you work together and um you know it's better if you work with your sister and you're still of the same blood and she doesn't have that so she's got this sense of intense justice about things about this person it's not fair that michael was killed so i want to i want to kill sandal again and of course, a parent would say, well, do you think that that's really the right, right. thing to do? Is that what you really want? No one's doing that. <laughs> so she's right. just gone from, like, it's like an id, isn't it? That's what they call it. Like the Yeah, id. it's very emotional at that it's point. Very, mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's just had no one to kind of go, come on now. You know, you don't need to kill. You don't really want to kill your brother or sister, do you? You just, oh, no, no. So there's no one bringing that down. So it's just become more and more pronounced, more severe just grown this side of her um the the side that just sees justice and hatred and just wants to kick people you know um mm-hmm. or slit their throat <laughs> basically we're all a hop skipping away from our children slit each other's throats 
so stay involved, parents. Yeah. If exactly. not, this is what happens. This is what happens. Exactly. Uh, we laugh, yeah. but it is. It is. Yeah. It's. It's scary. And like, you understand. What, you, you understand like, when Ned and yeah, I yeah, when Ned and Cat like good parents, do you think? Like really? We've talked about this, talked haven't we? Quite a bit about this. Yeah, we have a whole patron episode about parenting in Westeros, mm-hmm. and we talk about the Starks. Mm-hmm. Um, Starks. We talk about Doran Martell. We talk about the Tyrells. We talk about several, several people. What Tarly? Oh. Tarly's man. I think we do okay. mention Tarly. Yeah, I think we do. Tarly. Yeah. yeah. He's a dick. Yeah. <laughs> the Starks, the Starks were good parents overall. I think by Westerosi standards, who did a lot to try to set their kids up for success. I think sometimes at, yeah, I think by Westerosi standards, they were good parents mm-hmm. in terms Probably. of trying to set their kids up. I mean, you, you, we can kind of rail on Catelyn a little bit for trying to force Arya into this bubble of being what a woman should be mm. rather than focusing on who Arya was as a person mm. and where her interests go. Uh, and that's certainly a valid observation. But, I, you know, Catelyn was doing what she thought she was supposed to do as a mom, raising girls mm. in Westeros. So, Yeah. I mean, they probably weren't even that involved in some ways. If you sort of think about... Yeah. Think about lords and ladies in general. The septas. Yeah, you get you get a governess, and... you know, you get mm-hmm. that's what they the lords and ladies of who owned land in this country, for example, they wouldn't be involved with much in their children's upbringing. That day-to-day upbringing. No. You'd see there yeah. used to be um an hour, there used to be an hour where you'd see your kids. So no way, the, yeah. the nanny, the nanny would bring them down from the nursery and you'd have an hour a cup of tea slice of cake, play with your children for an hour and then the nanny would take them away again. Uh, goodbye. Wow. And that was parenting. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's probably, I, I, I imagine given that it's a sort of similar feudal lords and ladies type system that they probably That's true. didn't actually That's true. spend that much time with their children, mm-hmm. really. But I feel like they probably, like you're right though, that they probably were a bit more involved, a bit better by, by Westerosi standards, I imagine. I feel like like the fact that Ned even cares about his daughters in any way, because most dads don't give a shit about their daughters. Yeah, like, I mean, point? even that slightly humorous scene of him buying Sansa the doll, right? In Game <laughs> of Thrones. Yeah. And she's like, Dad, I'm done with dolls. But yeah. he was trying. Uh, Dad, <laughs> I'm like, ele- like, I'm like 11. Like, I don't care about <laughs> dolls anymore. Like, that was Celestia. I, I, think the, yeah. I think the way he treats Arya shows that he's paying attention to his kids and knows them. Yeah. Um, the fact that he meant... gets Syria Pharrell like right. he's like so mm, I mean, with my yeah. daughter I think that's meant to show need. us that he's probably in tune with, with all of them my complaints about their parenting is less about knowing their kids and encouraging their kids in the way that they do because that's a struggle you can't just let your kids run roughshod and do nothing or do whatever they want you've got to encourage them in things and make them try things and encourage growth and things like yeah. that get them mm. experiences and that's where my my, kind of where my complaints mostly lie is I don't feel like they did a great job in exposing them to enough of the world no. um, or the no. world ideas or the conflicts that were going on 
I mean, Rob is not engaged yet. That's goddamn ridiculous. He's the heir <laughs> to Winterfell. Yeah, like, we talked true. about even Eddard Stark grows up in the Eyrie. You you ward your right. kids out, and we yeah. talked yeah. about how that's very um, that's very interesting that none of the Stark kids were ever sent off to other houses to grow up mm. and get those experiences. They kept them all close. And also, yeah. I think they all have a really romantic ideal of the yes. world. So Rob, Rob yeah. doesn't isn't ready for lordship, not really. I mean, he, he gets there quick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if you think about Sansa, who's just like, life is a song, la la la, mm -hmm. like flowers and things. And then yeah. you've got um, Aya, who's totally disillusioned with it. She's like, I don't want, I want out. I don't want any of this. Um, so she's maybe a bit different, um, but Bran just wants to be a knight, which is weird. I think it's weird because they don't have knights in the north. No, it's, like, it speaks. It's, it speaks to the story thing again, right? Yeah, and the lack he, exactly. Of, the lack of he's, sense of reality. He's just yeah. They're, they're, they're I want to be a knight and go off and fight. Yeah. You know, da, 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 da. I, I mean, Rickon is off his rocker. I mean, no one knows what's going on in there. He's just. Um, yeah. I mean. Think about think yeah. about your kids when they were three yeah. or four. It's like yeah, I mean, my God, they my, barely I've have got a three-year-old. Like, yeah. I've got a three-year-old, and he is—he's not awake yet. He is mental. I mean, <laughs> like yeah. he is. Yeah. Ma both both my kids are massive kids. I gave birth to huge children, and nice. um, and this one—I mean, he's ginger like me, and he's just got like big. He's just a big, he's just like, and he's just like running a around. Big, meaty tank kid. Yeah, and he'll just run into things and just like, Rah! and it's like, <laughs> I'm, sometimes I'm actually frightened of him. It's like, scares the shit out of me. And I have to remind myself, like, I am the grown up here. I don't have to be terrified of this small person. He, you know, he's not, he, you're not the boss of me. You know, I have to like remind myself that sometimes because he's, he's crazy. Um, I reckon if he had a dire wolf, it would be like Shaggy Dog. It would just be wild terror, and terrifying. Yeah. He's your little Rickon. I mean, I think yeah. you know, he is, the, yeah. the summary for me with the Starks' parents is they're, you know, you have terrible parents and you have great parents. The Starks are somewhere toward the great end. They're trying yeah. hard. They just did, mm. did some things that I don't think were great. But I, I think mm. a point in the Stark parenting favor is is Arya's sense of self. She's mm. very She's very strong in who she is. She knows who she is. Despite the fact that her mom keeps trying to change who she is, she still mm. is who she is, and she doesn't really. There are times where she hides it and let and, and puts it away, but she always mm. knows who she is in the background. And this chapter is really meaningful to me because she's been hiding her identity for so long. Mm. And that scene in the Godswood, she mm. she makes it. You know, it's it's the old Hamlet thing, right? To be or not to be, that is the question. Whether it is nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of our resources or take arms against the sea of troubles and by opposing end them. It is, sorry, it is... That was exciting. It was fast and rushed because this isn't a Shakespeare podcast. But but the point is, it's it's about choosing to just suffer whatever fate sends her next at Harrenhal or mm. choosing to take arms against all this shit, right? And, mm. and go for it. Do and, something about it. And... Yeah. And she she has to she has to make that choice. This is the time, and she does it. She hears from the the tree, which is interesting. Um, mm. You know, like is that Bran? I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah, Bran, who Bran is that? Heard, I don't know who that is. Bran never heard Ned say those words to her, so I don't know how he would have. I was wondering them. if it was kind of a talk within her head, it's, but it is right. a whole Mufasa Lion King moment. Right? It is <laughs> definitely. Yeah, 
Um, but but she eventually uses that to make her choice, right? And she's resolved from that moment. She makes the choice. Yeah, I think. Um, but I, that that thing is actually in speech speech marks when it when they're doing thoughts in their head in quotes yeah. so it's actually oh oh I, that, yes that particular bit though it, where the lone wolf dies in the that's that's a quote in this chapter that's a that's, that's exactly in, so it's, it's not quotes. it's not in her head that's why it's sort of like who the hell says that either that or um, it's a mistake yeah maybe it's a right. mistake there's, but it's yeah. unlikely i mean there's a point no. uh, the John chapter where Bran is communicating with John at the Weirwood tree. Yes, and that, that's in Clash, though, isn't that it? That one's well. that one's in italics, and this one is in. Is it in italics? Quotes. Yeah, I oh. saw that pointed out. They were yeah. comparing these two instances. So, but yeah, Scad makes a good point too that Bran wasn't around when the whole this whole conversation mm. happened that Arya is calling back to. That doesn't mean that it can't happen. So yeah. maybe there was I'm a well, weirwood, maybe have... there was a weirwood chair in the room when he said it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Also, doesn't um, uh, Blood Raven say that soon you'll be able to see beyond the trees? Yeah. So right. you won't even need That's to have the trees idea. around. So right, I and mean, there's evidence I mean, there's that, that Blood Raven does it with the ravens, right? Yeah, it could exactly. have been Blood Raven talking to her. Oh God! If in doubt, blame Blood know. Raven, right? Mm. Um, Blood Raven shot first. There was something that happened there. The wolf howling in the distance, I think, was meant to. That could have been something from Bran, just to kind of strengthen mm. her, wake her up a little bit. Mm. Um, or, or is she actually reaching out to Nymeria at that point? Yeah, exactly. Is Nymeria the, her very yeah. next chapter? She wargs into her. Mm-hmm. She Skin changes. I guess we should do. No, she she's an amazing warg. I love the fact that the Starks are all wargs. Um, and she's incredible. I mean, she can walk from Bravos yep. to yeah. to Westeros, and it's incredible. Like, what the hell? Like, how do you manage that? Um, and she can walk cats. I love that she sees. She does. She walks past a cat in this chapter. And says, I could catch like, you if I wanted to. I could get you. Yeah, I could and get that, you. And that seems silly. Gonna. That seems silly, but it's also meant to show us that she's returned to her old self. Exactly. To, the confidence yeah. is back. I'm the verb back, is back. Like, yeah. <laughs> and she has a weird connection with cats anyway, because isn't it a cat that leads her to um, the skulls and everything? The, the skulls, skulls underneath yeah. the red keep. So yep. she does, and of course her mum's name is Cat, and she becomes Cat of the Canals. Cat of the Canals. Yeah. I wonder why there is the connection with cats though, because she's a wolf. So why the cats? That's a good question. Yep. What what is the cat's yep. about? I don't. I don't Maybe have there is kind of an for you overall that. kind of an animalistic. Yeah. Because cats are like the opposite kind of dogs. In aren't touch they? with nature a little bit. Yeah. Cats and dogs fight each other. There's a film about it called Cats and Dogs. There is. Yeah. It's it's pinnacle of filmmaking. I know. It's uh, amazing. Um, <laughs> so I will not. This would. Yeah. But this was the point that I wanted to bring up um, in the last one. I said we'll leave it till this section about finding her pack and everything. And I love the passage where she's walking towards the guard to keep ahead of her fear, it says. And it felt as though Sirio mm. Farrell and Yorin and Jock and Hagar and Jon Snow oh, yeah, Jon walked Snow. beside her, right? Those mm. four. Interesting that no Eddard, but yeah. Sirio, Yorin, Jockin, 
and Jon Snow walking beside her. It's kind of one of those. I know it's problematic to talk about Harry Potter, but I thought I was going to say it's, it, with, it uh, makes me think of that too. Yeah. When he's going to Voldemort and yeah, he's got his dad there and all the other guys, mom. Don't talk about that bit. It makes me cry. Mm. Yeah. A, it's very emotional. It, that bit. It's powerful. But. Yeah. Yeah. Although Jon Snow's not dead. Yeah. And that nope. is Jack and Hagar. And maybe. Neither is Jacques. And, and, and she doesn't know what the is. is. Yeah, it's drawing, it's of course, on all those lessons that she learned from them, right? Mm -mm. The fact that right John then. gave her needle. Yeah, John gave her needle. So he kind of started her on the journey of of becoming this version of Aya. Yeah, stick them with the pointy end, yeah, right? That was pragmatic. The first she learned. Do what you got to do. Exactly. Right? It does seem interesting, though, that Ned's not in there, given that. If it's people that like taught her things. It's interesting. Mm. That is, yeah. Yeah, yeah that they, was a noticeable omission. Now, he does get they, his moment as we talk but, about the Mufasa so moment. Who is yes. it? Sirio, Jacquin, John. Yorin. Yorin. And John. Did Yorin teach her to fight at all? I was just wondering if it's only people who taught her to fight and kill and stuff. Yeah, I think they, like, Yorin. sparred on the road and stuff, like, practicing. Yeah. But Although he taught her how to hide her identity. He's the first person who taught her to hide her identity. Hide her identity. That's true. He cut her hair. He was just, yeah. He, he was sank. that very just like, we have to do this. Boom, boom, boom. It's like yeah. confidently make a decision and just mm. do it yeah. right, to survive. You have to do this. Boom, 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 boom. Why he does he never flashy, bathe? Like, I'm sorry, but real. why did he not bathe? It bothers me, brother. Take, bothers take a me bath, Yorin. You stink, man. Because um, that's the smell. She recognizes him not by his face, but his smell. His sour smell. <laughs> yep. I think yeah. he could have done a better recruiting job had he just like taken care of himself a little yeah. more. Just brush yeah. your teeth, man. Um, yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, maybe he doesn't care because he's a night's watchman, so he never has to worry about getting the ladies. So. Oh, that's true. But if your job is to get guys up to the wall, like make it seem sort of appealing. Like, mm, true. Do you think he sang songs like um, Therian? No. Hope not. I love the like idea of recruiting. Type. You think I think armies and stuff, if they're gonna go around recruiting, they should sing songs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> come yeah. come yeah. and join the Night's Watch. <laughs> it's not a bad idea. And they wanted Darian uh, to do that, but mm. you know. He didn't. No. He didn't do that. So this is moving on a little bit, but we talked a lot about Arya getting hot pie and Gendry to go with her and Sort of the maybe some of the selfishness inherent there. Why do you think Gendry agreed to go with her? Because he really didn't want to at first. Probably because she told him his foot was going to be cut off. You think so? <laughs> I, think I mean, yeah. I mean, Vargo, they are. I mean, he agrees that the mummers are worse. They are. He says they're worse. Way yep. worse. If you mm -hmm. had a choice, if, like if you start thinking, okay, I could stay here and forge. And it's nice and it's hot and I get fed. But it's Steady. run by mm -hmm. a group of completely crazy people who one day might just throw me in a bear pit to see what I can do or may just shrug off my foot or... Good point, yeah. You know, like they are unpredictable and crazy and Biter might eat me because he likes to eat people. Um, they're just... Uh, there's nothing... I mean, at least kind of run by roost they have to sort of stick to some rules you sure. know um 
I think I would take my chances on the road every single time because yeah. So weighing yeah. those options. Yep. Yeah, I think I, it's, I think it's a big part of it. I think he also does one of the earlier chapters when they're traveling with Yorin. Um, he kind of shows some sort of kind of obeisance to to Arya when he when he figures out who she is. Mm-hmm. Uh, obeisance, whatever the word is. Uh, I know what it means and not how to say it apparently. Um, but but I don't he, know I what think, it means. I think the nobility. I think uh, I'll, I'll explain <laughs> it a bit a bit better. I think when he finds out that she's noble, he feels mm. lesser than her and that he kind of must mm. serve her a little bit. And I think he sees that she's well, going out on her own. And it's kind of not his duty, maybe, but she is his friend and she's more important than him. Right. Mm. And he kind of thinks he he kind of has to. It's mm. the way it's written in here. He doesn't have much yeah. of a choice. She's like, but you won't forget the swords. He's like, no. It's almost like it's almost like a pouting no. He's like, I'll be there, you know. Like, it's, yeah, he kind of. I I was just the quote I was looking for. I thought I put it in my notes, but I didn't. It's kind of funny. He's like, yeah, I suppose I won't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's not really not going to come at all, at any point. I, I think he he's resigned to it, uh, and the and the bloody mummer thing is probably half of it too. He doesn't trust mm-hmm. these people at all. Why does Hulk and, and he might get blamed if she leaves? They know that they're close. Yeah, just like the state. Yeah. Yeah, true. Um, well, he will because if he, yeah, if he provides her with a sword and doesn't go, that would then be he's then he's screwed. Yeah. Then he will be right. had his head chopped off. But I remember at the he, beginning of this chapter, the people got punished for basically nothing. She, he knew her, and exactly, they might just be like, much less. Yeah, mm-hmm. he knew he knew her. You knew she was going to do this. Chop mm-hmm. off your foot or hand or whatever. Feed you to right. bite her bit by bit. Uh, why does Hot Pie go though? He's not even. Because Gendry could have just gone by himself. Yeah. Arya says uh, he'll listen to you or he'll do what you say. Yeah, he says, you get Gendry, or Gendry, you get Hot Pie because he'll listen to you. <laughs> yeah. I, I love Maybe Hot he pie. just looks up to him. He's great. Something. I don't know. Hot Pie's my jam, man. I'd be Hot Pie. I'd be in the kitchens, like, eating pies. <laughs> and that's there. just what I want for him. I just want him to be happy. Making yeah. his food. Well, he and is. He gets, isn't it. He? He's just, he gets it. He gets what he wants. He's he making gets pies, it. man. Hopefully he's able gravy. to maintain that. Um, you know the Vala Morghulis oh. bit? Sorry to go back into it. No. Do you think... You know how Valyrian is like gender... gender neutral? Neutral. Or mm-hmm. gender, gender mm-hmm. bothy. Mm-hmm. Do you think that... I mean, I think that there may be foreshadowing that I could die in this. I wonder if that the repetition of Valamogulis could be maybe about her. I think, you know, the bit that we just talked about as well, the lone wolf dies and the pack survives. Mm. I think that is foreshadowing that she might die because I think, I wonder Mm. if she'll die as the lone wolf, but walk into Nymeria and live a second life with the pack. I do wonder if that is maybe that's a super interesting idea. It is. Yeah. I like the it. Pack survives. I like it too. I hadn't thought about it much, but mm. yeah, that focus on the pack could definitely indicate yeah. that. Mixed with all men or women. Like you said, gender exactly. both mm-hmm. must die. Mm-hmm. Mm. And like because I think because we we're just talking about like what is the end game for her? She's yep. gone so far away from everything she knows, and she's just like a cold-blooded killer, pretty much. 
Um, but she still has needles, so maybe maybe the end game for her is that she will remember herself, but only in the last moments of her maybe. life and walk into Nymeria. Yeah, her last words will be life. her last words will be Nymeria, like Robert was doing. Yeah, and John and with John ghost. with ghost. <laughs> I don't yeah. like to think about Arya's future because it depresses me. Um, it doesn't I, seem like there's a happy I'm really sorry but I'm afraid Scad we are talking about Aya yes. so this is gonna happen I'm really sorry to say oh, but we could just I talk about her in this chapter and we don't have to break my heart um, sorry no I think I, I think it's probably not gonna go well She's. I think she's maintaining her sense of self she's using the skills that she's learning to go on a murder spree and it's probably gonna end up costing her her life it would be great if she could overcome that somehow with rediscovering her sister, perhaps, or someone else mm. in her family, or even Nymeria herself in a pack. And right. and even if it's, you know, living a somewhat feral life, coming down from her from her murder rage by finding some belongings somewhere, mm. that would be a wonderful way to close her arc by mm. learning some of those lessons and finding a pack that she can she can remember more of her true self and you know, come away from the hardness of her life. But I'm, she, not, sure, I'm she, not sure that I think that's likely. It's just what I'd like no. to see. She mentions that she wants to be like a bird, doesn't she? And fly away and see all the things of old mouth stories. And that, like Bran. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, and I cut you off. I no, 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 not at all. Go for it. What are you going to say? Uh, just that, that it, sent, it was very reminiscent of Bran and mm. the three-eyed crow stuff. Yeah. Fly. Well, she wants mm. to see, what is it, dragons? See, see all the sea dragons i can't remember all the monsters she says i want to see dragons nice. and uh i'm trying to find it now was the titan of bravos the titan of bravo yeah the titan of bravos was in there because it's like oh yeah you are gonna see that which is um, interesting yeah mm, dragons sea monsters and the titan of bravos well she probably will see dragons and maybe sea monsters krakens and she krakens. definitely sees the titan of bravos so good point Mm-hmm. She's gonna see all these things. Your dreams will come true, Aya. Your dreams are coming true. Um, there was something else I thought of. Oh yeah, there's a mirroring in John's from John's last chapter in Dance. There's a mirror to this. She sees the Raven arriving. She mm. thinks it'll be from Rob, and it is from Rob oh. probably, but it's not the good news she's hoping for. Um, it's. Probably Rob saying, hey, phrase, good news and bad news. Here's what happened. <laughs> I captured the crag, but here's the thing. They're the like, crag. where? Yeah, exactly. Where's that? Um, the crag. Craggy crag. Craggle rock. Um, the crag. <laughs> the crag. Um, um, but yeah, and it's bad news. So she sees the raven arriving, and that happens in... John's chapter as well, he sees a raven arriving at the wall um, because I think he's talking to Melisandre and she's talking about look to the skies, John or something something's mm-hmm. arriving and he sees the raven arriving without realising that this is a huge thing that's going to massively change everything so for Aya it is the fact that Rob has married Jane Westerling and therefore dishonoured the phrase, um, yep. and therefore Elmar. Sorry, you're not getting your. I need to call him Elmo. Elmo. Elmo Frey. <laughs> um, 
um, I'll go with Kermit Tully, right? Um, uh, yeah, she's not going to get his princess and everything. That literally is like the spark for the phrase defecting and the then wedding. the yep. red wedding. Yep. And of mm-hmm. course, with John's chapter, I just find it's a nice link, a nice kind of mirroring. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That, that he sees the raven arriving and it's, of course, the, the pink nice letter. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that causes that's, other defections. You could argue it causes his own defection. His own defection, exactly. And of course, it, in, the letter involves Aya, or who he thinks is Aya as well. He thinks mm-hmm. that his, his sister it's is true. down with the Boltons. Um, so I, I just liked that. I, I, dark wings, dark words, isn't it? Like, these are ravens dark arriving. Wings, and it, words. and they, they just change they change everything. Can I just add, by the way, we Good talked point. a little bit about Elmar Foray, that I, I get full Lord Walder Frey vibes from him. And I feel like I understand why Dunk in the Dunkin' Egg stories, as they say, he wants to throw Wald, the little Walder Frey down a well. Little baby Walder. Yeah. Baby Walder. And I, whenever I read anything that Elmar is in, I'm just like, I just want to throw you down a well. I just, if he walked past me, I'd stick my leg out so he fell over. I, I just trip him. Just like, yeah, throw him in one over. of those barrels of sand and roll him yeah, down the hill. Or basically. Something. Oh, that guy. Like, what is it? If he's Friends allowed to grow so up. so awful. If he's allowed to grow up, he'll definitely be a Frey. Yeah. 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 And, so and I put Walder Frey as also a bad parent. I put him on that list. Oh, for sure. Terrible no parenting. Um, I, he talks about, he Elmar brags about being, you know, that true born son of Walder. He's not, mm. he's not like a, a nephew or anything like that, or a grandson or a great grandson. It's not he's the flex you think it son. is, sir. Yeah. yeah. But, um, <laughs> I, I went and just read Elmar's entry in the wiki. I didn't just remember <laughs> this off the top of my head. I went and I actually found it. So um, this isn't some great nugget of knowledge from Matt here. But Merritt Frey thinks back on this in the in his epilogue chapter that uh, there's rumors at the twins that Elmar's mom, Anara Faring, slept with Blackwalder Frey and had bastard children by him and Elmar is rumored to be a bastard child, maybe Amazing. Of Black Blackwalder, which is funny that he's bragging so much about being this true born son of that is funny. Uh of Walder and he might not be. So trolling us. I love it when George trolls us. I know just these little things. Love that. Up every once Did in a not while. know that. Also he's talking to Aya, like, I'm sorry, but saying you're a true born son of Walder Frey. Really? Something it's like, of? <laughs> also, it's like nothing, because Walder Frey basically, does he have Viagra or something? What has yeah. he got? Like You and you and 70 other people. Yeah, so yeah. Have, like thousands <laughs> of children and grandchildren. And I is like, should have just gone, well, first you should say, you're stupid. <laughs> and and also I'm the true born son of a much, true born son, true born daughter of a much better human being like, way better for sure for and sure. you know yeah. like i'm more precious than you you're like kind of like cubic zirconia of the of the children world i'm like a diamond because like there's like cubic. like there's not there's not like a thousand of us yes um, there's only five stark children so not you know, anymore I'm, I'm worth a no don't say it and that's oh yeah that's like um uh roos goes wolf hunting is he does. Nine pelts. He gets nine pelts. I was looking at the nine wolf pelts. I, I think I was in like full tinfoil. Okay, I'm going to put my tinfoil hat right now. 
I started so, along that path and then just gave up. I did so too. I'd love to hear that you actually did some work here. So here we go. Nine dead wolves. Um, so you have. We how many? We've got. We've got Rob, Cat, and Ned. They're dead, right? And not at John, this point. No, not at this point. But it's okay. like they, yeah. John kind of dies. I mean, he does die. We don't he's know whether dead. he's going to come back. Sure. We have yeah. no idea. I like that. I would. I kind of like the idea that he never comes back, and all of the hard work and all of the thought, all of the like, will he be resurrected? George is like, nah, it's not going to happen. Ha, oh, in your face. Died. It would. It would certainly be a bold. It. End of be a story. Bold choice. <laughs> His arc is done. His arc yeah, is done. That's it. Um, but also, you've got a deadly, deadlight Liana, Liana. I never know Liana. Liana. Say Liana. Mm-hmm. Brandon one. and Rickard. So that's mm-hmm. one, two, three, four, seven. five, six, seven. And you've got Aya, Rickon, Bran, and Sansa. So you've got four people left. Are there going to be two more Stark deaths? And if so, who are they? Is it going to be Rickon? I think probably. Likely. Um, Maybe not likely, but... So it's either Arya or Sansa or Bran. Yeah. I mean, Sansa, Lady's dead. So I wonder if that was foreshadowing that Sansa might die. Mm. But also, like I've just said, maybe Aya does die and wargs Nymeria right. to live her second right. life with the pack. Could be. So Good point. I feel I like Sansa's my money on Rick. Yeah, I think Sansa's going to live. But Aya and Rickon is where I'm going to put my money. I think that will be the nine dead wolves. That probably that probably makes sense. I want it to be Bran, but I don't think Bran's going away. You want to kill Bran? I don't, don't want to kill Bran. I just think it'll be a more kill interesting Bran. story if they take him down this dark path and he has to fight it and ends up like combating the Great Other or something with mm. his power. Versus, doesn't come out of it. And doesn't come out yeah. of it. I think that would be a cool path to take him down. But I don't, mm. I don't think they're going to do that. that. Would the whole be idea cool. of, of Roos making gloves out of the, out of the wolf pelts could indicate that maybe Roos has a hand, a direct hand. Oh, I see what you did there. Noise. Schmort. And the death of whoever those Stark kids are. Mm. Oh, man. We're, we're probably overthinking this at this point. Well, he may the kill youngest Rickon. ones, is it Rickon and Bran? Mm-hmm. If it's the two youngest ones. I think he'll kill Rickon, because the Davos is going to bring Rickon back from Skagos, isn't he? So mm-hmm. I think Davos is going to bring him back, and somehow Roose will kill on but he'll be caught up in the battle of ice up north yeah or something like that because isn't isn't that whole thing like rickon's wolf is shaggy dog and isn't a shaggy dog story it's a story Um, not worth following or something exactly so rickon the whole thing about bring rickon back and we're all gonna be like yeah get rickon bring it back on a unicorn you know i get that but, but like, then he's just gonna die, and that's it. He's, End well, of story. He's put so much work into Davos, though. That's what I don't. I've never liked the Shaggy Dog theory because. So we're just I gonna send Davos for away too. for a book, because yeah. he's put a lot into Davos, and I don't think we just want to send I, him away for a book and have it not be important. Yeah. Well, I think but, that too. I think that's a real shame. Like, is it like, what's the point of sending Davos away there if it's just gonna be end of whatever? Yeah. So. Skagos is technically part of the North, so it could have something to do with rallying the people of Skagos, could. uniting yeah. them with the 
rest of the North or something. So there could be something to it, but I be. agree with the premise of it seems like a waste of Davos. I will bang the table well, so hard if that happens. Well, you could rally for Stannis because he'll probably maybe tell them that the, the others are yeah. rising and we've got to right. unite against them. Although the Skagosi will just go, yeah, we're on an island. We're not going to... We're like we're fine. We're, we're fine. We'll stay here, riding around on our little pony. Unicorns. I think. I think what we'll find is the Skagosi are actually very loyal Northerners. Mm. Uh, I don't. I shouldn't say. I think what we'll find. What I want to happen, and what I think is possible, <laughs> and what I think a lot of people dismiss with the Shaggy Dog thing, is that I think they're actually going to recognize Rickon as Rickon, and they're going to rally around him, and actually be loyal Northerners and go join the fight. And Davos is going to be like, but. Uh, Stannis or something. Oh, the reason I'm here, actually. <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, I love door. Yeah, I love Davos. He's a great one, and he's. I love the fact that he can um, make you actually even not hate Stannis. <laughs> <laughs> the best post of the year last year for yeah. the Song of Madness. Davos is so well written that he has half the fandom thinking they like Stannis. Yeah, I love that. I saw that. Exactly. Duran Durandon. Duran Durandon. Whatever it Durand, is. Duran Durandon. Durand, Durand, Durand. Yeah. yeah. Well, I love do them. Do you guys have anything else about this uh, this second half of the chapter? I mean, the Godswood scene gives me chills. It's an amazing. Beautiful. Her, her Beautiful I'm done with wooden teeth is. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. I, I think that it feels a little bit like the Daenerys story when she's in dance again. The dragons know who they are. Do you kind of, you need to become more of yourself, you know? Like, is Daenerys going to become more of a dragon? I is become more of a wolf. Um, I don't know, just, it's quite kind of, I like the poetry of it. Um, mm. It's beautiful. Yeah. Mm. And they say the Westerosi. They say the po- the the Westerosi are obsessed with their sigils, and they they refer to each other as, you know, a wolf. You're or a, a wolf. You're a lion. Also, there's a second. We've we've not mentioned the second nude person. There's a second naked person in this. Gendry. Oh, Gendry sleeping in Gendry? the muscle muscled yeah. like a That's young hot. bull. I imagine. I know. That was. I've actually <laughs> underlined it and written woohoo. Um, <laughs> We did so see the indication of Arya yeah. casting a longing glance. Or anything. Well, she's ten. Ten. I mean, yeah. I'm trying to think. Yeah, if at I... that point, butts I mean, are still gross, right? It's gross, but yeah. there is curiosity. I mean, and, and yeah. awkwardness. I mean, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. But still. So okay, so naked Gendry. Okay, naked. Naked loose. Gendry. No, I just okay. needed to bring up naked Gendry because okay. I find naked Gendry. Just, I just think, I think it's important that we talked about it. Bit more appealing. I think he's fourteen, so it's not that much. I think so. No, oh god, no, he's not. He's definitely eighteen at least. (laughs) We'll cover (laughs) for you. Yeah, in his (laughs) thirties. You got to age him up. Yeah, he's aged up in my head. In my head, in my head, Canon. He's uh, thirty-six. So, <laughs> so you know that's fine it's fine uh, i'm definitely not um um a disgusting human being so, no. nope not at all not no. at all no. <laughs> moving it on is something to note it is something to note gendry sleeps naked yeah 
Okay, I will yeah. rub out my woohoo from my... <laughs> Don't use the term rub out. <laughs> uh, why, what? Wasn't the right that time. Some... Have I said oh, that? that not a... Is that rub out? I mean, rub out here means kills. Uh, I don't think that that's just kills. a guy term. Rub someone out. I guess it could be. On Davos' fingers, we discuss. Anyway. What is uh, rubbing out? I need to know what rubbing it's out. masturbating. <gasps> Get out of here! No! If you, if you rub one out. Yeah. You rub one out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, okay, I'm, I'm using that now. No, I'm not <laughs> rubbing out. Yeah, I'll rub one out. So, uh, rubbing out here means to murder someone. If you if you rub someone out here, you kill them. It, yeah, it can be used that way here, too. You, okay. but, you could be murdering millions of your seed. Oh, that Whoa. also could wow. be looked at that way. Yeah, biblical uh, man. Yep, biblical man. Um, Gendry's 16 I will not at rub the close out of the, the books that we have. So I will not rub out. I will erase it from my yes. book. Lest someone mm -hmm. reads it in years to come and goes, what perv? Um, <laughs> Mom? Mom? It was, really only, it was really only a problem that you used it because you just talked about gazing at a 14-year-old boy. <laughs> that's, that's the only reason it was a problem. Was so, context, context is everything. Yeah, and also, he's exactly. probably fifteen because he's sixteen. Is where the where the book so that's fine. That we have yeah, so cool. No, it's cool. not much better. It's but not fine. No, I'm trying to help. No. I'm trying to help. Should we get to know Steph a little better now that we know this about him? <laughs> Anyways, well, Steph, what is your A Song of Ice and Fire story? How did you find this wonderful series that now consumes our lives? Um, mine is a weird story. Um, because I think the show had already begun when I heard of it. Um, mm -hmm. and it was actually my husband who was reading the book and I was, because the show, so I think they reprinted it and I kind yeah. of looked at him and I was just like, why, what are you reading with Sean Bean's face on it? What is that? Why is Sean Bean staring That's at me? That's the first book I got. Yep. Yeah. It's that same one. Um, cause it's like Sean Bean looking really deeply and beautifully like mm. yeah he's on the, sitting on the iron sitting throne sitting on the iron throne looking all looking a little morose bean, and beanie. Mm -hmm. yeah um mm -hmm. and um he was telling me about it and i hadn't seen i hadn't seen any of the show or anything like that i hadn't heard of it um i think it must have been like 2012 2013 so it was a couple of seasons already um and um he was telling me about it and he said so it's like set in this like fantasy medieval world. Um, I was like, okay, yeah, all right, I like fantasy. Um, and there's this kid called Bran. I was like, Bran. <laughs> Bran flakes. Like Sounds Bran very plain. Flakes, like a Bran muffin. This kid makes you poop when you you're like, <laughs> what? That's such a weird name. Why is he called Bran? And he said, oh yeah. So he's like climbing a wall and he walks in on like this, the queen and her brother like doing it. I was like, what the fuck? What? <laughs> What the fuck is this shit you're reading? Like this, you are terrible at explaining things, sir. <laughs> this is disgusting. Like, ugh. Um, and so I just was like, completely like, ew, no. Um, and then he managed to persuade me to watch. He was like, I really want to watch the show, and I was like, I'm not. I don't really want to watch it. Um, and then that hooked me first. Was the show the first? I watched the first two seasons in like a couple of days. It was like a full binge. Marathon. Yeah. sesh um and so that's what got me first although sure. I, I started to sort of fade away with it when it started getting a bit ridiculous um uh 
I didn't really even know. I'd forgotten that there were books, actually. And I had a friend saying, oh, yeah, and of course, Sansa's chapter is different. I was like, what do you mean? Like, oh, yeah, she's still in the veil. And I'm like, what? She's like, what? Um, and I thought, I'll oh, maybe I'll read them after the show's finished. And then the show got stupid. Uh, and I couldn't take it anymore. And I was like, why? They're going north of the wall to do what now? To get a white and bring it back to Cersei? That is ridiculous. This is stupid. Um and so I decided to read the books then. And uh, it was, that's that's how I really got into it. And I, and I just, uh, I got into the fandom because I, I think my, obviously I think Google knew me. It started suggesting, listening to these things on YouTube and podcasts and stuff. And it must have been listening to, secretly listening to conversations I was having. Um, and I just remember listening to these things, thinking, "Oh, that's really interesting." I think Grey Area was the first one that I heard. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just started basically listening to those, and um, but just reading the books, and I read the books, and I was like, "This is so much better." But I, I'm really glad that I, I bothered to read the books because I just think they're amazing, really. Um, obviously, I yes. do. Um, yeah. You kind of jumped to one of the questions we have a little bit lower, but maybe we just keep keep going with it. Okay. Well, what, what is it, what is it about the series that you think that, that is so amazing keeps you coming back to it? Um, I love how layered it is. There's so many layers. You can just keep going back. I, I love a book like that anyway. I just think you could reread it. I love reading a book that anyway you could reread and you find something new every single time. And there are a few, there are a few books out there where I could do that, but there aren't. They're not in every book. Sometimes you read a book, you read it again, and you're like, fair enough, that was a good book. But this is every time I read it. There's something new. There's more. I mean, the fact that we can <laughs> talk about it for a decade, <laughs> yeah, and still find people, still people are still theorizing, and you're still going, oh, that's exciting. I hadn't thought of that one before, or you know, that is incredible to me that there are so many layers to something it makes me this is harking back to my music degree there was um the composer Bach you've heard of Bach mm-hmm. yeah have we heard um, of Bach what do you know wow Just they were really uncultured over there Matt no no it's, it's not no it's just some people haven't heard of people you know what i mean um but he was called bach the communicator because he wrote things that on people could understand on different levels and i studied a lot of bach and there was like the basic level you could just listen to it and hear it as music and that's it or there's these other levels and he wrote these pieces of music with all these hidden messages and keys and all these things and you could analyze it and study it for days and days and days and days and i kind of feel like it's this. I, I just, it's the same thing here. You've just got all these incredible layers and the characters are, the fact that I, you can root for a character that you also find abhorrent. Yep. You know, a character, you know, the fact that I love Jamie Lannister, but he also pushed a kid out of a window. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can root for Sandor Clegane, but he's a hateful, murdering piece of shit. Yeah. Despite what he did to Micah, yeah. Exactly. Um, I, yeah, I just think there's, there's some. The, the writing is really. I, I love the fact that there's so much food in it as well. Um, I I love it. Just reading all the food. I've I've got the book of Beast of Ice and Fire, and um, it's it's one of the three hundred. Yes, <laughs> it 
It's uh, one of the 300 on my shelves. Um, it's, um, yeah, I just think there's so much to it. There's so much history in it as well. Like you say, there's, it's based on history. It's based on folklore, mythology. Um, so many things you can pull from. Yeah, yeah basically. So how well read was this guy? I know. And he keeps it in his head. So like, how does yeah. he... Yeah. Because like your first time you're reading it, going, "Who's Amory Lorch again? And who's the bannerman of that guy?" And you're, you kind of, you spend quite, I spend quite a lot of my time on Wiki, going, "Who's that guy again?" And oh, for sure, who's he sworn no to? And he, how the, how the hell does he remember all this? I mean, he must write it down, but just like how many stacks well, of notes must he have? He has oh. Linda and what's his name? The flying racist to keep him. Oh god, alive. yeah. Yeah. I did read somewhere that he, he calls up Elio and asks him and Elio's got it all straight. But... Yeah, Elio. I yeah. I mean luckily he's got the fandom as well, so we've written like Oh for yeah. sure. Like, you can just go, totally What's the wiki? The wiki. <laughs> I bet he totally uses the wiki. Yeah. What do the theories say I should have to do with Euron? Let's see. Yeah. Okay, that's mm-hmm. what I'll have him do. I'm gonna go to Reddit real quick. So how did you find the fandom, Steph? Like I say, it was... Or how um, did you get involved with it? Um, well, like I said, I think it was Google listening in on my... Um, all the things I was Googling and I'm talking about at home. Um, uh, and these things just started popping up on YouTube, uh, like Alt-Shift-X um, and Bend and Knee and Grey Area. And um, But of course I found... Twitter. Um, basically, I love it on Twitter. It makes my Twitter. I was saying to Scott Scad the other day, just it makes my Twitter feed lovely because it's just full yeah. of nice people talking about a book series that I love. Um, That's true. I don't, you know, it's it's just great. It's a really nice community, actually. It's really nice people. I know that there are like little fights and bits and mm-hmm. bobs and stuff that goes on, and there's all politics and everything. But generally speaking. It's just really nice people. Um, and I've got, it's like weird. Like, I feel like I know lots of people who I've never met yeah. them, but I know their Twitter sure. handles or their Twitter, like, photos. And it's just, it's really nice. I can sit and chat. And then, then of course, there's the evil side when people do a song of madness. I don't know if you've heard <laughs> of that, but some mm, dick guys decided to about. do that. Um, it's evil. Um, and what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. It's, it's fucked mm. up. Um, uh, but there's some really it's great and I just went on Twitter and basically now Twitter's learnt my algorithm and it's like we'll just keep throwing Song of Ice and Fire new people to add yeah yeah exactly and it's really really nice Um, and there's just all there's all stuff to talk about theories theorising I think I'm one of those people anyway because I I think I probably aren't like one of those people who just likes doing that anyway I do that about lots of shows and things theorizing and googling. Theorize? Well, I think you said in here that you've got some personal tinfoil. You want to weigh it on us? Oh, God. I mean, I love tinfoil. I mean, what do we have without tinfoil, really? <laughs> um, not we... not well-kept, you know, reusable meals, <laughs> for sure. Well, that's true. Um, but I love tinfoil. Um, I... I mean, I haven't got great tinfoil, I'll be honest. I do have a thing. I think one thing I think I've said before to someone was I think that um, uh, John Aaron 
was more of a bad guy than people think. Mm. He's a bit of a baddie. Um, not a goodie, um, as my kids would say. Um, I think he I think he was instrumental in a lot of really bad things, had southern ambitions, he didn't punish the Lannisters. In fact he told folk because you know, they brutally sacked King's Landing, but he just mm -hmm. got I know that Bobby B had to marry someone, but Cersei I don't know. I just yeah, that's a min that's a kind of mini one of mine. I just really think he was actually kind of a bad a bad guy. I don't think he was a good guy, but everyone says he is. Um mm. I think okay. he, I think he, um, he, I think he encouraged Stannis to abandon Robert Baratheon, that kind of stuff. I don't mm. know. I just think I he was up to some bad shit, basically. It's interesting. You don't hear much discussion, period, or at least I don't, period, about John Aaron. He, he's dead yeah. at the beginning of the story that we're telling, you know, and like they don't go into a ton of detail. But sure, like mm. he was definitely like, he definitely stepped up and tried to, you know help seize the power for robert and maybe he was yeah. behind the scenes trying to engineer that whole thing it's possible i mean he didn't have a lot of choice because yeah. he was being asked for robert and that's yep. heads yep um but it's called robert's rebellion but really it was john aaron's rebellion and he kind of just pr'd that shit and like rebranded yep. it he's like no it's robert's um robert robert is the rebellion person here um yeah. and and he was kind of they had all he was part of that i think the conspiracy to bring down the targaryens because mm. there, there was all the he was part of all these houses marrying up with each other to kind of create yeah for sure um, southern ambition stuff yeah this stuff i you know there's loads of stuff that he's done that i just think is really on the gray side a bit dodge hmm. a bit, bit thingy like jamie lannister had there was no punishment for him uh, after he killed the king, he broke his vows, killed the king. He didn't even get sent to the wall in nothing. Right. Um, like as also, a compromise to well, to when you've got his dad funding the kingdom. That's true. And and but... you're marrying her to the king, mm. marrying Cersei to the and queen. he allowed like Robert to beggar the realm. He he completely like people say oh, yep. he was the one who helped control Robert, but he didn't at all. He yeah, had sure. no control over him whatsoever. So was right. that on purpose? not on purpose i i just he's not i just think he's not all that people remember him like oh he was an amazing guy he was a father figure to ned but was he really that problems amazing? yeah yeah um, I, I like it i'm i'm with you yeah i, I am i the one so i've already mentioned that i think maybe reese bolton is a descendant of the knight's king you did but um i think that there was no tower of joy I don't think it exists or ever existed. The place doesn't exist or the event no. didn't happen? No, the place. The physical Tower of Joy never existed. There was no Tower of Joy. That's um, interesting. I've never heard that. Uh, no. Um, I Well, it's it's just a theory. It's probably wrong. But I find it a bit weird. Like, Ned apparently pulled it down and stuff like that. But the location totally is Totally does not add up. You pulled it down yeah. with one dude who was yeah. tired from battle and mourning his sister in an yeah. afternoon? exactly um it's a tower uh, it's a tower exactly how could you do that also it's on the prince's pass mm -hmm. so it's like a really obvious location you could not hide yeah liana stark there you could not have hidden the, the the daughter of the lord of the north in that place people would be going past and they'd be going why is there like king's guard 
like outside there you know I just feel like it's the location of it is really weird it's like it's so obvious like her location and Rhaegar would have been there there would have been people did they never leave were they like in quarantine did they just never leave the house people would have noticed yeah. go, who's moved into the Tower of Joy there's there's to be new neighbours down there because it's a really busy yeah. there's only the Prince's Staff. Pass mm-hmm. and the uh, what's the other one? The the Bone Way. There's there's two Bone ways way. out of Dawn. That's it. So it would have been there's a war going on. There would have been people going in and out, and people going. There's some new some new families moved into the the tower over there. We've talked Surely... about that part too a little bit with with the scene and how it's described by Ned. That mm. you know there was like nobody there. It's like yeah. okay, all of a sudden these rich people that have never wiped their own ass are cooking for themselves yeah, and cleaning for exactly. themselves. There's nobody yeah. else there. Exactly. Story. I think there Not had to happen. have been staff if there was. Yeah. They, but he explicitly says there was nobody there. No. I but I mean, maybe they ran or you know ran away or something. But it's no, it, 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 it's the, not the possible. Is, and she was pregnant. She would have had a maester, surely. Yes, she right. would have had she would have had women with her to help her, like midwives and nurse people. Like the story's got issues. I'm with you. It's so, got issues, but I think Germ says that it's like a fever dream. So yeah. So he won't have remembered it exactly right. Um, I wonder if it was or... actually in Starfall. I think the tower mm. was the tower because doesn't Ashara? She apparently throws herself off a tower. I think that was the tower. That Could was be. the tower that she was born in because it wasn't Ashara. Like there's the whole mystery of how was Ashara involved and yep. the Danes. Um, yeah, I like it. I wonder if that was actually where she was, and Ned didn't travel to Starfall. That does a lot of people go, that doesn't make sense. Why would he then go to Starfall? That doesn't make sense. Was he just already in Starfall because that's where Liana was? Could have. Then Ashara knew the secret and couldn't mm. live with it or something. And... Or she's living in the neck with Helen Reed mm-hmm. as Gianna, yep. as Chloe would tell us. Mm. Yes, uh, and that's great too. That's a great, that's some really, I've, I've heard some really good. You need Howland. Uh, I've had some really good tinfoil recently that just made me laugh though like just ridiculous that i've heard one someone said that shay is actually alaras but it's not sorry sorella sand is actually shay (laughs) that's not mine that one i heard i was like what okay um sure i have nothing to say to that no (laughs) no uh and I've also heard that Tyena, Tyena Merriweather, that's another mm-hmm. one that I heard recently, that her son is the bastard son of Robert Baratheon. Mm. And not Orton Merriweather's. And actually, when someone, the person explained it to me, I was like, okay, there is a vague it's thing possible. about that. It's still po- it's possible, because isn't Orton Merriweather gay? Um, I, I, didn't, I didn't know that, but it would, it would make sense as a, yet another reason why she doesn't want to bring the son to court. Yeah, exactly. Because he'd look like Bobby B. And Well, maybe. I mean, there's certainly there would be likely to be some, some skin color differences based mm. on that pairing. So it might not look exactly like Bobby B. But mm. seems seems like another piece of evidence not to bring him. Yeah, although um, I think she just doesn't want to bring him because she's like, I do not want my yeah. kid around because Cersei. King's Landing <laughs> sucks and is dangerous yeah. as hell. Yeah. To be, if you're and anywhere Cersei's close crazy. to Cersei. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So there you go. There's my tinfoil. I've got, there's so much tinfoil. I just, I really enjoy it. So much. So much. <laughs> well, what, uh, what character arc 
do you like best? Do you have one? I mean, I, there's lots. There's lots of... Um, I feel like I'm going to be really obvious and say I really love Jamie Lannister's. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's a, not obvious. It's a good one. <laughs> so it's, it's a, you know, it, uh, probably everyone says that because... He, I do find it amazing that you can at one, you can really hate him, and also I, I am disgusted by him because he like does it with his sister. It's so gross. Um, but I, but in the end, he's sort of. I'm, I'm really interested to see where he's going because does he? He's starting to hate Cersei now, and um, you're really rooting for him, and you're kind of seeing the change that's in him. You know, once he loses his hand, and once he becomes. A bit, uh, a bit more humble, um, and also sticks to his vows. Like he's, I just mm, think he's, he's a trying, really interesting yeah. character. He's trying to stick to his vows, and I think he's a really interesting character anyway because he was the one who, like, yes, he killed the Mad King, but he never told anyone, like that, that Ares was going to try and burn the whole city. Yeah, he the city basically down. saved yeah, all these millions of people. Um, and I feel for him because he's sort of, he's, I feel like he's been a bit of a pawn a lot of his life. He's sort of Tywin's pawn, then Ares' is pawn, and Cersei just like, not pawn, like, she says she says pawn, P-O-R-N, as well as his P-O-W-N, B-A-W-N. Um, like, she just is like, well, I want him around, so I'm just going to seduce him and say, come and join the Kingsguard, and then, you know, so you can be yep. with me forever. And it... I feel, I feel it's weird, you know. You're, you're kind of, I'm kind of disgusted by him. I kind of think he's a bad guy, but I also really feel for him. And he's sort of chapters where he talks about having to go in, watch, but go inside. Don't really see, you yeah. know. And and he's the one who take, helps Tommen when he's disgusted by Tywin's disgusting, rotting, stinking body. You know, he's um, not the picture of abuse that people think of when they think of abuse but i mean he's basically mm. been manipulated as a tool his entire life mm. and told what to do and told where to go and told how to do it and and and, and then yeah. we give him an autom autonomy and we expect him to make all these good choices so it's mm. go, ahead. go ahead matt sorry yeah yeah as he's he's raised to believe that his value lies in his skills mm. not just in him as a person and in the lannister family too and so that's what he's taught to protect and hold most sacred right so that's what he does for most of his life until he kind of starts seeing the forest for the trees, mm. I guess. And I think yeah. he starts to grow wiser in the end because he's when he's going off to sort out River Run and the black, sure. you know, kind of Blackwood stuff. He's he's sort of grows in confidence. I think everyone's told him that you're just a stupid sword. Yep. You're a sword, and that's it. But he's like, actually, I I can do stuff. I think Jenna Lannister says to him like, you know, your Tyrion's really Tywin's son you know not you but he's like no nah, I, I can i can be i can do this I, yeah. can, I can be clever about this you know he has some um, setbacks like the blackfish exchange on the drawbridge and mm. stuff but <laughs> he he's he's growing for sure i mean I the blackfish was character. baiting the shit out of him like that was a pretty oh, hard yeah. conversation there wasn't really a win to be had in that conversation no but, but he, yeah, he did lose his temper though but so. and jamie falls right back into it yeah. which i probably would too yeah so i'm mm. not blaming him yeah but uh yeah, you got to have your setbacks to learn from. Yep, exactly. And he is. Yep, I love the he, he's balancing that honor and glory. Mm. That's the name of the horses. By the names of the horses. Honor and yep. glory. Yep. And, yeah. So, mm. um, so you know, sometimes this.
question goes hand in hand with the question I just asked you, but whose POV are you most excited to get in wins? Is it Jamie? Is it someone else? Um, mm, I think for me, it's maybe Jamie, but actually I'm really excited to see Samwell because we haven't heard from him for a very long time. And we were just left with this really exciting, like, oh my God, um, there's a glass candle burning. What the hell's going on with Pate? Like, who are all these people? Marwin the maid. Wait, the high tower. And then, of course, you know that some really interesting things are happening in Old Town and the high towers. And you're just like, what in the hell? Um, So I'm I'm really excited about that. um, but also, I think basically because I'm really worried about Pod, <laughs> um, I really need to hear from Brienne and just know that that is going to be all sorted out and that that no one's going to die horribly. I just can't. I can't deal with the idea that Pod might be hanged for no reason. So I need to know. And of course, that does involve a bit of Jamie too. Like, what's going to happen there? How they're going to get out of the cave? Um, yeah, I, that's. Yeah, I'm I'm worried about Pod, so I need to hear from Brienne as well. I think Pod's gonna be okay. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, it's it's Brienne. You want Brienne's POV, so you could check in on Pod. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's great. That's it's great. kind of the trifecta, though. You get Brienne's POV, you get to check in on Pod and Brienne and Jamie. Mm. Right. Sure, that's so, true. And what's his face? Yeah. Hyle so Hunt. Hyle Hunt. Hyle. And Hyle. maybe Gendry. Oh yeah, maybe Gendry. Yeah. So we can yep. see what he looks like with the shirt off at sixteen, maybe. I don't know what you mean. That's really pervy. <laughs> um, gosh, you're filthy. Sorry, it's outrageous. I couldn't. I couldn't help it. Uh, that's great. Um, well, we've come to the end of this thing, Ooh. and it's been great. It has. I been. hope you've had as much fun as we have. It's been a ride. I've had a great time. I'm sorry if I've kept you awake late. Um, we woke you up early, so yeah. It's all evens out. I can't. Even, my three-year-old's not even awake yet, so it's great. That's amazing. Wonderful. I know. It's wonderful. Yeah. We would know it if he was. It's almost oh, you would. That you've told us he'd be running in here, yelling and screaming, and probably destroying my room. So you'd you'd be hiding under the desk. Yeah, I would. Be. Like, in his in in their lives, neither of my kids have ever slept till nine. It's nine there, right? Or eight thirty? Uh, yeah, twenty past eight. He's um, probably just, he might be awake a bit, but he's sort of yeah. probably quietly singing to himself or something, preparing, preparing some <laughs> destruction. What should I destroy in the house today? He's conniving. Yeah. yeah. He's just... like Stewie in Family Guy, basically. Mm, Hello, Mother. Basically. Yeah. Hello, Mother. <laughs> Hello, you mother. will not make me eat broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> well, Scad, shall we sign off? Let's sign off. This is our custom. You have a sign off for us, Steph. Um, I mean, you said on the thing that maybe I should do a joke or something. I thought a bit of levity would be great. You know, we like levity. Go for it. Um, mm-hmm. this is one that my seven-year-old made up. He may not have made it up. He may have heard it somewhere, but he told it to me the other day, and I thought it was great. And it's a foodie joke too. So he said, "Perfect." He said this to me. Why did the baker have brown hands? <laughs> Seven-year-old boys so, telling I'm you so this afraid. joke. Okay. I'm so afraid. Guess, yep. Yeah, because he needed a Why poo. Is that? <laughs> because he needed oh. a poo. Oh. Uh.
There we go. Oh, I'm totally telling I can't believe telling that's my sign off, man. I can't believe that's my that's the last it. thing I'm gonna say on this podcast is poop eating poop. It. So there you go. Uh, I don't know if we can top that, but um I will sign off. This is Matt signing off, reminding you to um to always carry some spare change because like Arya, you never know mm. when you might need it. Yeah. It's just like someone's throat. Or a reason for needing it. So just keep that handy, guys. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to go back to the Hamlet. And uh, while Hamlet suggests that the choices are suffering the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune or ending your troubles, uh, which is uh, self-harm and suicide, there is a third option that he doesn't really want to take, which is fighting back, which is what Arya is choosing. And, mm. uh, so fight back, guys. Fight back. That's it. All right. Good night, Thanks, everyone. Cool, cool, cool. Um, and co- at university, I know you guys call it co- college or college. College. Um, college. I gotta go to college. Um, sorry, I love doing accents, by the way. So sometimes I'll fall into them. And I love it. Occasionally it. It's insulting because I will copy people by mistake. And it gets <laughs> me in trouble. Yours, you can do mine. Oh, oh that's amazing. That's even yeah. better than my husband's. Maybe we can switch. Oh, that's incredible. Well, you're from like turns. middle America. You're from like the middle, so it's like not too bad. You know, like although that's California though. So that's like that. That's like that the valleys. That's actually you know? pretty good. Oh, yeah, that's pretty thank good. Thank you. Really yeah. good. No. Alicia, I'm mean, not from New Jersey, so that's like my favorite. Like that one. Mm-hmm. That's my Jersey. favorite one. I like Boston. Yeah. Boston. Boston. Oh, park your car in Harvard Yard. I love that. <laughs> that's amazing. Well versed. Actually, actually, I love, um, is it uh, like north of you where is that like near canada canada like well that's funny because they say oh like uh oh, like the, like like the minnesota, minnesota i love that like minnesota i love that like they kind of um oh no oh gosh i can't believe yeah. oh no yeah. oh dear yeah. i i really yeah. love like that fargo um, yeah yes i love fargo yeah. although that's amazing <laughs> i'm just gonna put a jumper on it turns out it's cold in scotland in the morning in march jeez um I don't know. I don't know why it would be cold there. Oh, I know. It seems surprising. Snow. It's not been snowing, actually. Surprise. Um, so to... there, there, I, I like to think that there's a corner of our fandom that has no idea of our <laughs> fandom, like we're something of our listeners that have no idea of what we're talking about right now yeah. because they're not on Twitter. So A Song of Madness is a tournament that we run every year on Twitter where we pit characters against each other. This year, as Steph mentioned, we've got mystery nights sprinkled throughout our little bracket uh, that voters don't know the identity of and won't find out until that character either dies or goes the distance and wins the whole thing Mm. or if they guess it i suppose but we won't confirm that which i bet some people it sounds like some people actually i do know some people have guessed really uh the first two they've said yeah i do you i I like all the criteria that people come up with they're quite good the criteria is very fun. Yeah. yeah. People come up with voting criteria like who their nan would vote for. I saw that one today. <laughs> who, who would be best at taking care of my dog. Yeah. Um, Steph, do you have one? I can't remember if you chose one or if you... I, it's hard for me to keep I, them all straight. I do have one. I don't think I've shared it, though. 
Um, mine oh. is a real. I can't. It's. I can't believe I'm sharing this. Um, <laughs> is there a reason you for sharing? <laughs> well, it just sounds so very English, you know. Um, who would be a really mm. good person to have a good cup of tea with? Um, That's lovely. But That's but so lovely. but it's so not innocent just, compared to some of the things but, we read. Well, it's innocent, but I mean, for me, a good cup of tea is someone who comes over and has the tea and then spills the tea. Someone who's like a good, who'd be a great kind of person who would eat all a the chum. cake. But someone who's not going to go over okay. and go, oh, I, you know, I don't really want to Improper. eat any cake. Yeah. And then they'd probably get a bottle yeah. of wine out afterwards and order pizza later and we'd have a great time. So it's not someone who'd be all proper and like, oh, lovely, I'll pour the milk, darling. It's mm -hmm. more... Mm -hmm. Like someone who would just get in. I can't. I, I'm. I really love food, and I um, talk a lot about food, and I spend a lot of my time doing working with food. Um, and I just can't bear it if you have like organize a meal or a social event with someone, and they're not like they don't get involved in the like. Someone who comes to dinner is like, oh, actually, I already ate, so I'm, I'm just going to pick at this salad. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. How awful is that? Ew. I've been. I've Ew. had that got, quite a few times. I got, times. I got family that does that. It's pretty Ugh. frustrating. I don't really? Get it. Yeah. Ew. Yeah. So come over <sighs> well, and have anyways, a cup of tea everybody. with me. So I think a grit would be great. Have a cup of tea with Steph. Yeah. yeah so it's like it's like hungry. the way tea yeah. should be, not the way yeah. they put it in movies. Yeah. Exactly. Come and eat yeah. cake with me. Yeah. You know. Also, as an English person, I never knew whether to pronounce it Pluto. Is it Pluto or Pluto? Is it with a D or a T? Pluto. It's, like, it's technically oh. Pluto, but we just like make it. Because it sounds really stupid if I say Pluto. Pluto. So it's more. Because I sound. It sounds the like. Block, you dummies. Yeah, no. I sound stupid. Like I'm trying to be an American person and go, yeah, I really love Pluto. It doesn't sound right. Yeah, so we go Pluto. I very much like the character mm -hmm. of Pluto. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that, that that soft T is something we do yeah. in the states. I think. Can, in fact, I want to hear sure. your English accents again. Can you I do it? For lazy T. Pluto. Pluto. My English accent. Yeah, your English accent. It's quite like Pluto. I... Well, speaking my English accent, it'd be Pluto, for sure. Uh, one of my favourite accents in the world is actually the American people trying to be British. Sounds a bit like this. <laughs> the one that I just to tried. Speak with a British yeah. accent. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Although Dick Van Dyke. Yeah. Americans, <laughs> uh, Americans believe my stage British accent, but anyone, anyone well, from Britain is like that's terrible. But can you do Northern English accents? You're Certainly ones. not. Uh, with practice. I don't know the difference. My husband yeah. is from the north of England. He's from the north. He likes to say he's king of the north. The north. Exactly. Right. You I know. practiced so, like, that a little Snow. bit for oh. a recording. I you know nothing. Somebody. Yeah. That's like Egret. Yeah. You okay. know nothing. And like John. Right. John does it too. Yeah, I know. But they're right. well posh in real life. They're so, like she, they're both like sons of lords and barons and people. Mm. And they're so. Hmm. And I've. Have you ever heard Rose Leslie talk? <laughs> it threw me. I was completely. Um, she seems lovely. She is. Yeah. But when I first heard her talk she in an seems... interview, I just couldn't. Because obviously she's a grit. She's going, oh no, Jon Snow. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, and then I heard her in an interview, and she's like, oh yes, I really do. Oh, absolutely. Um, very much so. Going Dudley too. Cups of tea, and I just. I was like, I needed to turn it off. So like, no, you're, this is wrong. I'm sorry. I know. I can't do this. Oh, yeah. I can't. The one that I heard is like the people who are blown away that Peter Dinklage is not English. That didn't blow me away. <laughs> They're like, wait, he's not? He's not? But the Lannister accents it's probably on all the show American. just cracked yeah. me up because you have like Danish Nikolai who uh, had. Yeah. Yeah. Jim and then you've got Lena, um, uh, Hedy. Is it Hedy? Hedy? I don't know. 
with know. a very lovely English accent and Peter Dinklage with a strange who has a better American. story than Bran the Broken um, yeah. yeah anyway let's not talk about the show because it makes me mad it's stage English I hate the show well yeah um, the last four seasons of the show do you do do you do I well tried that one that's I great I haven't I haven't done it I should try it I like geography right. yeah, yeah yeah well if you like maps then worldle that's my worldle worldle yeah um i do gordle which What's is gordle? a hockey one it's a hockey one ice hockey because you say hockey and you mean ice hockey ice hockey yeah yes. that's good. so is yeah. that because we say hockey and it's a t- it's not ice hockey field hockey yeah field, field hockey. hockey right yeah yeah so we don't really have ice in england we don't really have you also have a game called netball that nobody else knows anything about oh yeah netball um Netball's the worst. Netball's like basketball without with all the fun taken out of it. Because <laughs> you you can't move. You're like you're not allowed to move and stuff like that. You've got to like do like you've got you to just catch. Like throwing the ball to each other. Yeah, you can't move. You've got to pivot on the spot and you can't move while you've got the ball oh, and yeah. it's really and you've got like zones and you're like out oh, this one. I had to do it at school. It's it's, it's what it they make. Awful. It's what they make girls do at school and it's shit. I hated it. I hated every minute of doing netball. It's like, can we just do basketball? It's way more fun. Um, you should start a campaign against netball. Yeah, fuck netball. That's what I call it. Um, <laughs> um, get rid of that shit. Um, we all, I also did lacrosse at school. Mm. Ooh, which is lacrosse is growing here. Is it? Is it's it? becoming more of a thing. It's dangerous, man. Yep. It's dangerous. I had big fingers oh broken gosh. and. Yeah, balls flying in my face. That's what true said. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, that can be life. very yeah. dangerous. But honestly, like I, I played in goal for a bit, and that was terrifying. Um, that I think is one of the uh, stupidest positions in all the sports is lacrosse goalie. Yeah, yeah. well, I did. Because they really don't wear that much protection. No. And no. Winging a ball at someone. It's a really heavy ball as well. It's, really it's a heavy ball. Heavy. It's not like a tennis ball. No, it's I would really say the heavy. same thing about hockey goalie though. I've always thought hockey goalie was inane. They wear a lot more pads though yeah. than lacrosse. I know, but do. they end up taking up most of the goal just by wearing the pads. And I'm not saying they're not skilled. I'm not saying that at all. I know they're lightning quick and strong with endurance. Mm-hmm. I know all those things. Mm-hmm. I get it. Mm-hmm. But like, mm-hmm. it just feels like you, we're just gonna. Th- throw these hard discs at them over and over and over again and because they're padded they stop them and mm. they occasionally catch one do ice hockey players on the on the on the ice do they wear padding or is it just the goalie oh yeah they wear pads. uh they've got pads not as much as the goalie does and they've actually regulated the size of goalie pads now so that they can't be as big as they were okay, okay and the goalie fine. has to have a little more athleticism. I okay. couldn't. I couldn't see your camera feed, Matt, because I had my notes over your face. Because I know it so well, I don't need to look at it. It's probably good because but I figured you were giving me like the biggest stink eye ever. When I, <laughs> when I we'll talk later. We'll talk later. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna get slapped, guys. <laughs> <laughs> he wants their skin shins. What does that say? <laughs> um, I don't know. Skin socials. Skin sushi, skin sushi says, yeah. Skin sushi, yes. <laughs> yes. He wants the skins for su- for his supper. Is that what it says? Yeah, okay, cool. I keep getting really lost in your beautiful reading. Sorry. <laughs> I'm lost in it. I forget I'm supposed to speak. Your um, words, your words. Um, it's the beautiful way you say it. Um, 
No. And we all. Who's there. the worst? Who's who's the worst? Who's the worst parent in Westeros? Craster. Oh, Craster. Oh, Lannister. God, I forgot about him. No, Craster's got to be the worst one. Randall surely. Tarly. Randall Tarly is awful. But who's the worst? Who wins the award? Who'd you give it to? Craster. I might go in. Yeah. He Ooh, gives yeah, away Craster. half. He gives away half his kids to monsters, killing boys, yeah. and he yeah. marries the other Rape. half. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, rapes and in terms of in terms of below the wall. Uh, or on the south side of the wall in terms of the emotional abuse and everything gotta be Tywin Lannister right is he is he I think worse than is it's got to be Randall Tarly Randall Randall right there too he's got to be worse than Tywin because he literally like is like I will kill at least Tywin doesn't threaten death yeah Tywin says says to Tyrion like I couldn't prove you weren't mine otherwise I'd basically throw you in the sea um Um, but Randall literally does actually threaten to yeah, I will murder. Kill you. I will kill you, and he won't even let Sam go to the Citadel because he's a butt face. He's terrible. Like, yep. Yep. You know? yep. He's awful. Randall the butt face. Yeah. So I'd say Randall's worse <laughs> than Tyrion. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I could, I could, I could be convinced of that for sure. And I was wondering if that's oh my child's come in the room. Go, go find Whoa. daddy. Go find daddy. You cut this out, right? I'm yeah. just recording, Susie. Go to daddy. It'll go in the outtakes for sure. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, just woken up going, oh, what's going on? Um, uh, yeah. And like Euron literally is, is he going to become a Kraken? Is he going to, is he going to warg a Kraken? Become a Kraken? He is his own freaking thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. maybe. Oof. Did he go to Valyria? Is he really magic? Is it all a lame illusion? Is he actually Dario Naharis? Is he someone else? I hope not as well. That's a stupid thing. Um, yeah. Is Euron Greyjoy actually just Millie Vanilli? (laughs) Yes. Never thought about that one. That's absolutely right. Yeah. I don't even know what that no. means. Nor nor do I nor do I know how to ask the question to dive into it. I would just not. You decline. <laughs> you decline to answer anyway. 